Now, there's one thing about the human animal. If it has class, it has it. If it doesn't, you cannot give it to them. This is The Law. Live audio wrestling with the latest news, info, and interviews from the world of pro wrestling, mixed martial arts, and the best of combat sports worldwide. You broke the all-time record for the largest gathering of trailer park trash the Rock has ever seen! I'm one of the biggest legends stars ever in this god! And your kids took that too tight too, Billy! And I heard the news the next day. And I slept like a baby last night. From time to time, we'll be bringing you what we feel were the best of our recent shows. Like me or not, I didn't come up here to be like. I came up here to get paid. And whoever you put in front of me, I'm going to drop you down. I've had them down there on the dirt. I know what it's like to eat out of garbage cans, man. I know what it's like to sit there on the street and do nothing. I know what it's like to fight. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Tidwell and Brady Weta. Dottie, we likes to potty. This is the Law Live Audio Wrestling. I am your host, Chris Tidwell, and joining me each and every week, of course, it wouldn't be anything without him. I'm talking about my boy, Little Brady Wedham, and we are going to talk about all kinds of stuff, man. This has been so busy, so I'm going to run this down very quickly. Try to keep up with me, people. We're going to talk about one championship, one hell of a fight that main event. We're going to talk about UFC 298. We're going to talk about The Rock joining the bloodline. We're going to talk about who is the biggest stooge and why is it that they're coming out of TNA right now. We're going to talk about all kinds of stuff. And if that wasn't enough, this week's episode, my kick in the head is sitting down with none other than the TNA digital media champion himself. I'm talking about Crazy Steve, and we are going to have one hell of a conversation that if you watch this thing from beginning to end, there's a little bit of a cookie that takes place all throughout the thing. And if you can tell me what it is at the end of the whole thing, well, you'll probably get nothing from me. But anyways, I digress. Brady, how the hell are you doing this week, brother? Life's a work. I am doing fantastic, my friend. How has your week been? Oh, my gosh. If I had any more stuff crammed into my head after this past week... I'd have absolutely zero space left. I'd have to not wear these headphones and stuff would just be spilling out of my ears. That's how crazy and how busy of a week that it's been in the world well, of combat sports. To our YouTube viewers, to our listeners on SMNE Radio and every mm-hmm. other podcast provider that you can find out there, we have a jam-packed episode, as Chris is saying here. We have a very, 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 very stacked episode, so we'll try and get through this as quick as possible. But before we go to a commercial break, yeah. Give us give us a quick little tidbit of what happened at the UFC last night. 
Wow. Well, we were going to talk about the winners and losers of what happened last night. Um, one thing for sure is that everybody lost their mind when the cameraman did an aerial shot of Mackenzie Dern fighting. Oh, my God. That's, oh, my God. That's your highlight, or that's just what you've taken from how rotten human beings are? With That's their exactly how rotten human beings perversy. are. <laughs> uh, the fights themselves always delivered. We have a brand new champion. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that and what's going on. What's going to go ahead with him? If they're going to be a rematch or not? Uh, did Ian Gary solidify his spot even further? I don't know. We're going to talk the most about hated him. man on the internet and unbelievable. And he called out somebody too. So we're going to get into a little bit of that. So listen. 298 is over. We're going to talk about the winners and losers of that, but more importantly, we've got 299 coming up, and we have the announcement has been made for your main event, ladies and gentlemen, to UFC 300. We've finally have a main event. Finally, they did it. They did it. I'm so stoked to find out what it is, Chris. I haven't even looked into it yet. My friend, let me know when we get back from this commercial break of who it's going to be. I'm so stoked. It's got to be Connor or someone, right? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, don't go anywhere because we're going to find out when we come back. TotalSportCards.com, Canada's number one stop for WWE, AEW, UFC, NHL, NBA, and NFL hobby boxes. Total Sport Cards always delivers the most sought-after products with the best price points in the market that you can find. Keep your collection up to date with totalsportcards.com. Totalsportcards.com, proud sponsor of Sunday night's main event. Have you checked out East End Hamilton's newest live music venue? Vertigogo is keeping DIY music alive in the 905. January 28th, Terry Green. February 3rd, Decade. February 4th, Punk Rock Matinee with Gag Order. And in the evening, Night of the Holy Spirit Drag Show. February 15th, Cheap Chocolates. February 23rd, Golden Shitters. March 8th, Sons of Arrakis. Vertigogo brought to you by Fuck You 2 Productions. Fanatickets.com. And just like that, we're back. This is the Law Live Audio Wrestling. I am one half of your hosting duo. My name is Chris Tidwell, otherwise known as Notorious TID. And joining me, as always, Brady Wedham, otherwise known as Little Brady Wedham. Well, if we were to listen to our comment section and our feedback, apparently I'm Disco Inferno's grandson. Drunken grandson, because apparently they don't understand that the cataracts and the laser surgery and the fact that you have that Roy Orbison blindness disease, that's why you're wearing sunglasses in the house. It's not even nighttime, so he can't pull a Corey Hart to all you Canadian fans out there. So, so just be before we get into the rest of the show, let me just read some fan feedback quick that I have here. Okay. All right. Why the fuck is he wearing sunglasses inside? Too many beers at Applebee's. I don't go to Applebee's. And if I did, I wouldn't drink what was on tap. Oof, yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't happen. Well, um, that's why you would be wearing sunglasses, because you would go blind. Then it started an argument. It sparked an argument with, uh, we've been asking them that question every day. Ha, 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 ha. Uh, show Disco's grandson some respect, you heckin' Jamoke. And okay, I'm mad. Seriously, now show up on my block. So, you know, our comments and our listeners and our viewers um, are all delinquent. Uh, okay. That's wild. 
I don't know why people are starting fights over what you wear. But hey, such is the world of combat sports and sports entertainment because crazy people out there get emotionally involved, mm -hmm. emotionally invested. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I mean, listen, it's understandable. So what do you want to talk about first, Brittany? Let's talk about a fight that took place on this past Friday night. I'm talking about one fighting championships. And if you haven't been watching one up to this point, then do yourself a favor and go back and start watching some of it because we knew about this promotion um, for a long time now, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but it seems like it's getting better and better. And here's the thing that I like. I don't know about you, Brady. I don't know about the listeners out there, but here's the thing that I like that sets one aside from everybody else Shoot. is the fact that it's a show with different stuff throughout. And what I mean by that is like, you can have an MMA match. Then you have a kickboxing match. Then you have a jujitsu match. Then you have a Muay Thai match. Then you have another MMA match and, and they mix it up very well. And it's inside of a ring, a modified ring, if you will, because I was noticing that it's not a three rope, like a, like a wrestling ring. And it's not a four rope like a boxing ring there's five sets of ropes on this one ring it's so when they're from falling out it's stopping people from falling out the bottom it's yeah. a fantastic design because they don't have a cage and you know they're doing great stuff the show was fantastic and let me tell you about the main event that happened this past friday night that was a a muay thai kickboxing rules with the number three guy, Felipe Lobo, taking on the champion, a two-sport champion, the champion in kickboxing and oh, the current Muay Thai champion for one fighting championship, Jonathan Haggerty. And this fight, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, if you want to watch this fight and you've got a Prime or an Amazon membership, go back. It's free on Prime. And this is where you yeah. can watch a lot of the, the past events from one is going over to Prime. They seem to be just giving away their stuff for, for free, technically, um, on Prime if you've got a, a basic membership. So go back and watch this because you're right. Oh, what? This fight turned into, this fight to me turned into a who is going to be able to last longer because... Felipe Lobo comes out guns a blazing so much so that he ends up sitting the champ down in the first round. Well, he came out guns a blazing and it was a Muay Thai fight and he wasn't throwing elbows. He wasn't throwing kicks. He was literally just look, he was biting down on the mouth guard and just going to the body and head, body, head, body, head. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it worked well at first. It worked fantastically. And then Jonathan Haggerty starts getting a bead on him and starts to go to work. And then the second round ends and then the third round starts and it's just work from both of these guys. Listen, if you are, if you are in any way, shape or form indifferent about your love for watching a good Muay Thai fight, let me tell you something. This fight right here will sway you the way that you should be and give you a whole new love for the sport. Because, my goodness, one hell of a fight. And a great way to start off the weekend because we had fantastic fights throughout the weekend. We're talking about UFC 298. And that main card 
as mad as I am right now, that main card was a very good card. Let's go. Wait, 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 wait a second. Yeah. Wait a second. Before you roll through the card, sure. why are you so upset? Well, because I lost money, Brady. What did you lose? I lost um, $5. But what did you potentially, like, what was the payout going to be? 2000 <gasps> How many fights did you lose by? One. Did you pick, wait a second, one. And that was picking the decisions and picking yep. the ways to win? Yep. So the odds of you doing that were probably like 70,000 to one. It was crazy. It was the five fights. It was $5 and it was going to win me 2000 and small change. And it was taken away from me right out the gate, Brady. Don't tell me it was Hernandez. Well, listen, I put my money, I put in part of that parlay, I put it on Roman Kopalov and Kopalov came out there and didn't do what he was supposed to. I don't know if he got the memo or not, but Anthony Hernandez came out there and did exactly what he was supposed to do. And beyond. This is a guy who is climbing up the backside of the rankings very quickly. You're going to see a lot more of him, especially after taking out a guy in Kopalov that they thought was going to be one of the next big strikers. You would yeah. think that a guy, you would think that a Russian would have better wrestling. It's, I don't know if it was that. I think it was just the pressure from Hernandez, man. Like he did not let off. He nope. didn't let off at all, whether it was in the clinch. It, now, during the clinch at, at the end of the first round and the se- at the beginning of the second, I was like, okay, Hernandez, you're going to get caught here. This is not going to work for you. Like this, this kid, he's too good. And when he held on to that first rear naked choke and blasted through it and Hernandez had to go back into like, he was trying to get the back again, but he was in the half yep. mount or whatever reason, uh, half guard. I was like, oh, that's it. You just blew, you blew your what? And then somehow... He gets his back again. And this time when he got his back, there was no chin at all. That, Dude, first, million... one, that first one, he was across the chin, and it was very much a pressure choke. And yep. you can get those. You can get those very easily. But that second one, that second one, when he locked that thing in, it was just a matter of time. And you were looking at the clock, and there's like a minute 20 left. And you're like, there's no way. There's no way he's, he's making it through I'm su- this one. I'm surprised he tapped. Because of what he went through the first time, I thought he was right. just going to go to sleep. But wow, what I, I hate to say it because then I don't want to rub it in. I'm, I apologize that you lost your money. Yeah. You didn't get your two grand. Could you imagine what our opener would look like if you won that two grand? Yeah, it would have looked like somebody else sitting here. Because <laughs> I'd have been off spending that two grand. <laughs> I'd have been doing my sh- I would have been doing the show with Truth Bomb Donnie the whole time, <laughs> which is fine for me. But I feel like we'd get a lot of dislikes because, uh, well, speaking of which, Donnie went viral this week on a few different platforms, uh, social media, and it, it, check out our shorts, saying what? the Attitude Era was overrated. So I would have loved to do a whole show with him and asked him about every single detail about that. Well, if you think that one was something, wait till you see this week's Truth Bomb. Oh Jesus, it's gonna be fun. Now he goes. He goes to town, eh? Okay, so moving on. Hernandez fucked your parlay, and then yeah. he went over to Devshilly versus Cejudo. Yeah, Let's and this was, this was a fight that went exactly the way that I had pictured it going. Mm-hmm. Uh, Devalishvili is not a finisher, but he is a grinder. 
this is a guy who sticks so much pressure on you. And this is what we saw in that first fight, too, with Hernandez. Um, Devalishvili is the same kind of thing, just pressure, 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 nonstop. And Henry Cejudo, as much as he tried, if you notice that going into um, into that third round, right, uh, Henry Cejudo, his forearm on his left arm was jacked right up. He tried blocking a kick, it looked like, at some point, mm-hmm. right, and ended up catching on the forearm, and that thing went to about three times the normal size. The fact that Devalishvili was able to take Cejudo down at will, not up against the cage either, in the middle of the cage, was a real indication of where we are in this sport and how good Devalishvili's pressure really is. All I can see is that image of him picking up Cejudo and doing the Hamza, but not doing it towards Dana to say, give me a title shot. He did it towards Mark Zuckerberg and said, bring me on your, your training team. Yeah, which is is crazy, crazy. Anderson spine busted him and then looked directly at Zuckerberg. And this was after he put that choke on and was talking to Zuck. He, this is Mm -hmm. Marab came into his own last night. He's a superstar. He absolutely did. He's a superstar. Absolutely did. And Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. We're you listen. He was all over 298 last night because he also came out, uh, walked out with the champ, Alexander Volkanovsky, uh, last, uh, on the 298 card as well. So he was all over the place. Some people were very happy about it. Some people were not very happy about it. Well, before we get into that, I can't wait to lead into this because I'm going to make the producers make short of this, but fuck the Zuck because he always takes our stuff off of Facebook. So (laughs) fuck the Zuck. All right. Fair invade my sport like fucking Taylor Swift, dude. Fair enough. You know what I mean? Like, get out of here. I don't care if you've trained for an afternoon at your, in your office because you're bored with your billions of dollars. Go back to go back to the, the courthouse and deal with what you got to deal with there. Stay out of MMA. So who else feels that way? Well, <clears throat> it's no secret that the UFC has a fighter by the name of Bryce Mitchell. Really? And Bryce Mitchell is one hell of a character. Seems like a polite young gentleman. I'm sure that he is a very polite young gentleman, mm-hmm. uh, but his his much like much like a Kevin Smith production company, his view is askew. If you know what I'm saying. Good reference. You like that one, huh? Very good. <laughs> view askew. So of course, you know after after the 298 card, uh, Bryce Mitchell decided to put himself up a little video talking about mark zuckerberg and we could play this now yeah let's go or, let's go. or we can go no, through no. the rest of this you want to see this now yeah we're, we're on the topic let's go we'll, we'll come back to you gary so listen to this so i see mark zuckerberg out there at the ufc events last night he's got all these ufc fighters handshaking high-fiving Woo! hey zuckerberg good to see you i tell you what zuckerberg this right here this is where you belong buddy um, anybody else notice that that just looks like an old MMA cage? What is he doing? Right there. You belong in that pen with those pigs. Cause you're just like a pig. You shit where you eat, buddy. I know you, you censor posts. You help rig this election, buddy. You will not go unpunished. What? I promise you. 
Those bunkers you're building in Hawaii will not save you from the wrath of God. It will descend upon you quickly when it does. Oh, no. I'm not fooled. I'm never going to shake your hand. I'm never. Okay, you may not be fooled, but you certainly <laughs> sound like you're blown up, young man. <laughs> he's just standing there talking, and he's blown up. <laughs> wow. Early CTE, man. Early CTE, brother. Yeah. Yeah, okay, let's, let's finish. We're going to be up. cool with you. I know what y'all did to this country. I know what y'all did to this country. Diesel used to be $2 a gallon, buddy. Y'all take our freedoms every day. Every day you step on us. You censor our posts. Mm-hmm. You rig elections. All of y'all are a bunch of pigs to me. Oh, God. And if you come over here to hang out with me, buddy, you're just going to be hanging out in a pig pen because that's what y'all are to me. Bunch of spineless cowards. And I'll have nothing of it. And I'll kiss no man's ass. They don't deserve hmm. it. <laughs> oh, you mean like, right? Wow. Wow. I think this needs to become a new weekly segment. Let's check in with Bryce Mitchell. Check in with Bryce. Let's see if he hasn't fallen off the edge of the flat earth. So from one internet troll to uh, one that is being trolled. Yeah. Ian Gary versus Jeff Neal. Ian Machado Gary, who is like getting all of the hate in the world. Well deserved. You know, for um, I mean, he's he's trolling back as well, right? There's no doubt about it. Uh, but I think that there's levels to this kind of trolling, Brady. And the reason I say that is because, you know, you can say what you want about the fighter, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Let's say the two of us fighting. You can say what you want about me. I don't give a shit, right? I should be able to say whatever I want about you. No problem. But the second that you bring in family, the second that you bring in spouses or children or parents or brothers, any kind of family stuff, well, that opens up the door to a whole new can of whoop ass, in my opinion, because that isn't something that, you know, I get what you're doing and you're trying to sell a fight, but you're selling it very weakly by doing this. It's a weak attempt of being able to try to get people to get their butts into those seats, because if you can't do it based on just the man that you're fighting and you have to drag family into it that has absolutely nothing to do with the sport. Nothing to do with the game, nothing to do with the fight that's coming up. But if you have to resort to stuff like that, well, then listen, as far as I'm concerned, you can go fake yourself. Here's where I disagree. And this is where I think you can go fake yourself. If she wasn't digging this whole thing, they wouldn't have highlighted her on the TV before and after like she was fucking Miss Elizabeth. And the, the UFC knows what they're doing. They had her placed in a specific spot like a fucking valet. She did. She wasn't sitting in the crowd with her friends. She wasn't with the coaches. She was placed with a fucking spotlight on her. They are buying and feeding into this shit. So I understand what you're saying. And normally I think that applies. Mm-hmm. But the UFC is slowly becoming sports entertainment. 
Oh, of every course. day. No, it was. It's, it has been for a while. It's used yeah. platforms and formats and different things to sell fight. It, it is really becoming it. And that's the very first thing that went through my head last night when I seen her. I was like, okay, I get it. You're showing your wife, showing or showing his wife. And then at the very end of the fight, they focused on her for about probably 10, 15 seconds. And I was like, all right, guys, this is the Sean Strickland DDP situation all over again. You guys are building. You're always building the fight, whether it has to do with rankings or it has to do with an actual fight coming up or whatever it is. They're always building a fucking fight. I don't hate it. I'm just pointing out that that's why I think you can go fake yourself. And that's their job. I get that. That is the job of the promoters and the job of the of the UFC to try to create fights going forward. Mm-hmm. Now we saw in this we saw in this fight going forward if they give him his next fight that he called out, there's going to be no need to show anybody's spouses on the screen because it looks like, you know, of course, Ian Machado Gary ends up beating Jeff Neal in a decision and then calls his shot because of course he's in there and he's like everybody knows who I want. Hunter, I'm looking at you. You know who I want. And then calls out Colby Chaos Covington. Now, that's a smart move, if you ask me, by Ian Gary, because Covington's coming off of a loss, a couple of them, actually, right? But he still has very good name value. The problem is, is Colby Covington also has an innate uh, ability to not know where the fucking line is. Mm-hmm. he doesn't know where the line is when he's cutting these promos. So it comes off very cringy sometimes, but the things that he says, Ooh, Ooh, they're flammable. Well, okay. So I don't want to hold too long on this. Cause we got to move through this as quick as possible, but okay. So Ian, Ian Gary said that he wanted Colby, but he yep. wanted Colby as the co-main for Chandler and Connor. And he's also talking about wanting to go to Ireland. So now that UFC 300, the main event has been announced, I'm assuming maybe he wants on that, but we'll talk about that in a second. So moving on to our co-main event. Co-main event. Whitaker versus Costa. Listen, this was a fight that you thought that was going to go. Listen, Paulo Costa did actually a lot better than I thought he was going to do. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Knuckles, of course, gets the win in this one. Nothing changes in that, in that weight class. Absolutely nothing changes in that weight class right now. No, it was just a fight for the sake of it. Then we go to the main event. Main. And Alexander Volkanovsky um, did, you know, okay in that first round. And then that second round, he got caught. He absolutely got caught by a younger, faster Ilya Tapuria. Mm-hmm. And, and your new champion at featherweight is Ilya Tapuria. Now we yeah. talked about this last week and you were saying that, you know, in your opinion, you didn't think he was, he went up through the rankings a little too quick. And then I disagreed and I was like, I don't know, man, I think this might be the next guy. There's just something about him. It's not a, he, it's not a, a I told you so, but what I, what I think is maybe what a lot of people overshadowed with Ilya is the fact that he's got a one punch knockout and Volk likes to fight in the pocket. Yep. And that's what I, it, it, that's what I seen in my head. I didn't think it would happen in the second round. I actually thought it would happen probably in the fourth. Like once these guys were starting to get a little bit, you know, they're faint. They were less fainting and, and more openings were coming, but it happened quick. You're right. It was a one punch knockout. It put him to sleep. He was hey, out for a second and we've and got a new, we got a new champ. Don't kid yourself. That's exactly who I had on my betting card. 
I know that you I did. had Tapuria by yep. knockout because yep. if, if the numbers were too high for him to win by knockout, you know what I mean? You 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 take that skin all day long. Mm-hmm. And and if it was going to happen, that's the only way he was going to beat Volkanovsky. You're not going to get a decision over a guy like Volkanovsky. And that's exactly what Tapuria went out and did. Right? I, I know it's probably not going to happen, but I would like to see Volk take Bodier off. Two yeah, two that, big knockouts like that. I know he wants the rematch, and he was saying that he wants the rematch, mm-hmm. but I would l- really like to see him take a year off, regroup, maybe come back up in a in a different division, go well, back up, right, and try and chase uh try and chase a big man again. Now, that was UFC 298, and then after the big news has finally been go. revealed, Brady. Here we go. Okay, the man. Big news. So these are the these are the fights that were these are the fights that they were talking about happening. And we talked about this last week. We talked about um, it was uh, they were talking about Leon Edwards and Bilal Muhammad. That was a possibility. Everybody's like, eh, okay. Then we were talking Leon Edwards and Hamzat Chemaev was a possibility. And then the third one that we were talking about was uh, who was it? It was Izzy DDP was also thrown out there as one. And Chemayev Chemayev was thrown out there for another one. Connor is off the table. I know that they were talking about Aspinall. Like we've been talking about this table. Yeah, we've been talking about this since like the beginning of January, end of December, about who we thought and all these names and all these fights that were thrown around. Mm -hmm. Sir, please tell me it's Brock. Absolutely not. Shit. Uh, and it's and it's not Hamzat Chemaev. Shit. And it's not Leon Edwards. What? And it's not Bilal Muhammad. Hmm? And it's not Izzy versus DDP. What? So, I mean, the only logical choice out of all of those, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> Let's go, man. Is Jamal Hill and Pereira. Excuse me. Say that one more time. Jamal Hill and Alex Perea. I don't like this. As good a fight as that is, that is not a main event fight for UFC 300. I don't like there's what you just absolutely, said. There's absolutely zero heat behind that. There's no, there's no um, um, like heat behind the two of them. This is just a fight that could headline any given pay-per-view no problem because the fight between uh, Alex Perea and Jamal Hill is a hell of a fight. Jamal Hill needs to have that. He's coming off of, you know, finally coming back from an injury. Um, wants that, wants that title. No doubt. I get all of that. However, this wasn't even close to the radar of what we were looking for as fans. And maybe this is because as sports entertainment and combat sports fans, we want so much more. Maybe it's because it's the pro wrestling fan in me as well that it's like, well, that's not what I wanted. I want Cody versus Roman Reigns. And I want this and I want that. And maybe the fans were just getting a little too greedy on this one, right? But it turns out that the UFC makes the rules. They're the ones that do it. Yep, no, 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 no. The fans weren't too greedy. The UFC, Dana himself has been saying for over a month, we are working on the biggest super fight for 300. I thought Khalil Roundtree was supposed to be fighting. What? Jamal, yeah, no. I love Jamal, but yeah. this is the main of the UFC 300. It's going to be a hell of a fight for sure. Absolutely. What the Special fuck? guest referee, though. I don't know if you knew this or not, Brady. Our truth. No, you happy now? You happy now? 
that that that's that makes it okay. That makes it okay that, that we're getting that we're getting Alex Perea and Jamal Hill for your main event of UFC 300. Really? Ugh. All right. Well, they're gonna have to do something here at the end of 299. You're gonna have to hear like, "Can you see me now?" or some bullshit right? at the end of the fucking trailer. It's listen. Woof. Yeah. Yeah. Woof. Now, thankfully, that card, that UFC 300 card, is so damn stacked. The next two cards are Jack. 299 is Jack too. But before we before we get into our next little segment, shouts out to Destiny Wrestling, and mm-hmm. our, their next event coming up is uh, in Oshawa. We've been talking about that. We've been playing commercials for that. Outside of that next one, yep, we have Sunday, March 3rd, Mississauga, Ontario, the Don Call of Arena. Destiny is presenting Carnage with the one and only former WWE superstar, Mustafa Ali. And he's taking on Gabriel Fuerza. Fuerza is is a guy who is very, very quickly um, moving up in the world of professional wrestling. So that's going to be one hell of 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 a match right there. Not to mention that we've also got Destiny Wrestling is going to be doing uh, two matches for the start of the women's championship oh yeah title picture right yeah got alexia nicole taking on lisa hall and holly dead taking on crystal moon both of those matches right there are worth the price of admission if you ask me right you're also going to have charles mason is making his way up into ontario to take on Tarek, another guy a hell of a talent out there all the punches all the kicks and all the chops not to mention, not to mention that Destiny champion Trent Seven is also going to be there. And he doesn't have an opponent yet. So that means to Uh-oh. me, surprise, surprise, surprise. So you're going to want to get your tickets. You're going to want to get your tickets fast. This is going to sell out. I guarantee you it, it will. It's you're probably already. The tickets have been on sale for a minute. You can go to destinywrestling.ca or facebook.com slash destinywrestling. Get all your info. Get your tickets now because uh, well, I'm pretty sure we're going to be there doing some coverage. Absolutely, we will. Oh, all right. That one. So big shouts out to Destiny. Thank you for uh, helping out with our show. We, we uh, love you to death. Okay, so what else is going on in the world of combat sports, professional wrestling, and all that other good jazz? Well, let's 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 shift gears a little bit, shall we? and let's talk about some professional wrestling and i got a question for you brady is there a bigger stooge than this guy in the world of professional wrestling for our listeners by by this guy i am talking about none other than brady's best friend dave what no no i fired dave oh Uh, okay my bad let me take that rid of dave let me take that back then no longer Brady's best friend. I've never Brady's knew roommate. him. I don't Brady's know Dave. Dave Meltzer. No, I've never met. If I lived in the fucking picture that you have up on the screen right now. So ladies and gentlemen listening on uh, on your on your hearing gimmicks, you're not watching this. It's a picture of Dave. Yeah, there you go. It's laugh away, Chris. There's a picture of Dave Meltzer sitting in a room of just utter chaos. It looked like yeah. somebody... It looked like Waco happened and they're trying to get rid of the evidence. Like what is going on behind him here? Well, I mean, listen, it's no, it's no secret that if this is the kind of squalor that he keeps his office in right now, then there's, it's obvious why he's getting so many reports wrong lately. 
Yeah, he's mixed up a bit. Okay, so I no, I have to clarify. I don't know Dave Meltzer. I've never actually I did meet Dave once, but I, I don't know Dave Meltzer. And when I bought SMNE Radio uh, off of off of some people, Dave was on the show. Was on the TSN show. Our TSN show that plays on. You can check it out on TSN or wherever uh, uh, you get your TSN radio every Sunday night. And Dave used to have a segment on that show. Which started originally on your show, The Law, live audio wrestling, uh, and just he, he, the very first thing I did was get rid of, just get rid of Dave. Yeah, well, it was the smartest thing that you did, if you ask me. Listen, a fucking idiot. There's, there's, there's no, there's no secret that uh, for years and years and years, uh, Dave Meltzer, had, there has been a love hate relationship with people like him in the world of professional wrestling. A lot of fans love him. Because he gives them all of the little dirty things that's going on in the business. And to each their own. Anybody who likes Dave, I'm not shitting on you. You're allowed to like who you like, whether you like Cornette, Dave, or anything in between those polar, you know, those opposite. uh, It's just when someone's a fucking liar and just does shit for no reason and he fucks with the boys and he's doing it for a paycheck and saying he's not. That's when the merit of your character and the merit of your news and media and whatever you report is thrown out the fucking window. When your whole job is to make excuses, and that's what this is now. He's got a full-time job backtracking. Which is crazy if you think about that. It's fucking now, nuts. What we're talking about, the latest one seems to be where inside of TNA Wrestling, okay, um, it looks like he was reporting after the big shake up in office he's reporting that tommy dreamer is the new head of creative unbeknownst to tommy dreamer of course yeah because that's not the case no so it's almost it's almost like guys like this guys that you know refer to themselves as journalists inside of this industry are not you're just making stuff up you're clickbaity that's all you're doing. You're trying to get people to click onto your shit. And it's got to the point to where I don't even think if you care, if you lie about it to get them to click on it, because all you think you have to do is just say, Oh, my bad. They changed the direction. Oop your head. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oop your forehead. And uh, while you're at it, I will give you a little bit. I'll, I'll give you to play the devil's advocate here. Sure. Let's say they're not making shit up. Okay. Some of these guys out there. And it's not just Dave. There's a lot of them. Of and course. There's really good. There's really good journalists. There's really good broadcasters. There's really good podcasters. There's really good guys who just report the news as they hear it. Mm-hmm. Guys like Dave who do the dirt sheet thing. They may be getting these reports from people and thinking it's truth. The right. problem is, is once they're told something, and this is if they're not making it up, once they're told something, they run it as the gospel mm-hmm. and they don't do any research or look into it or wait around for a second to see if there is some truth. And maybe they do hold stuff back that they hear and they're like, well, I don't say everything that I know. And that makes me no. at the end of the day, you're a fucking stooge. There's yeah. stooges in all of these companies. There's stooges always in wrestling, but I, I don't, I think your original question was, is there a bigger stooge in wrestling? I don't think so. No, no. And this is coming off of the heels where clearly somebody in the TNA locker room is also a stooge or stooges, if you will, because if you saw the reports, Brady, you saw that a letter came out this past week, okay. a letter that was, that was penned by, um, 
by some people or persons inside of the TNA locker room sent to Len and Scott. And I'm talking about uh, the people who, you know, of course, Scott Demore being let go. And we're talking about Len Asper, the owner of Anthem. And they were talking about how they, you know, this is their, their, their undying devotion and love and, to Scott Demore and how Scott should be back there. And, and we've all signed this thing. And I can tell you point blank from a few that I have talked to inside of that locker room, they had no idea that this letter went out. They had no idea that it was being written and they did not sign it. Now that doesn't mean that they don't like Scott in any way, shape or form. They were just not part of the process, but in doing so, that means that when this private letter talking about business came out exposing the things that happen in the business. It only gets out one of two ways. People it either gets stolen or somebody stooged it out there. And if that's the case, then that means your locker room, your TNA locker room, listen up, ladies and gentlemen, all of you people, boys and girls that are working in that business and especially working in that company right now, you've got a stooge inside of your locker room. And it's going to be a detriment to you before it's any kind of a help to you. Because in doing so, this is my belief and only my belief in my opinion. In doing so, in sending this letter out, what you've done is you've made, you've put the jobs of everybody else that is not involved in this. You put their jobs on the line too. <clears throat> because if I'm Anthem and if I look at this letter coming to me and I say, oh, I've got a handful of disgruntled employees. You know what? Y'all can go. We'll let you out of your contracts and you can beat it. No problem. But know this, that every other single person on that locker room has been now put on notice. And if you want to pipe up, you can pipe up. If you cause too many problems for Anthem, then Anthem very well is going to just turn around and say, you know what the most important thing to us is? It's not the staff. It's not TNA wrestling as putting on live shows and events for our for our five viewers on our multitude of channels that we have that nobody watches. It's the library. And you know what they don't need to sell the library? The people that have jobs. So they kill the whole thing off and just sell the library, cut their losses, take their money, and run. All because they don't want to deal with the headaches that somebody, a stooge, inside of that locker room is causing. It's a bad thing because now you're going to have people that are constantly going, well, shit, what's going to happen with my job now? And I don't know. But I think that things have got to get better very quickly. And we're going to find out because coming up, they've got their first, they've got their first real pay-per-view back together, right? Since all of this news has come out. So let's see how that locker room really is. But it's going to be very depressing for some of them who are looking across the locker room going, are you a stooge? Did you stooge this out? The family dynamic that they preached for so long, there's a crack in it, ladies and gentlemen. There's a crack in it, and it was caused from the inside, not the outside. I, I don't mean to segue, but I really like the mood that you're in right now. Tell me about the Montreal screw job again from backstage. It's a work. <laughs> God work. <laughs> Anyways, I need to take a breath here. We're okay. going to take a quick break. And uh, if you we, thought that that vitriol was anything, wait till you see this next guy that's coming up, ladies and gentlemen. Wait, can I go for a cigarette? Yes. Okay. We're going to play a truth bomb here. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm not going for a cigarette. 
This week is going to get crazy. So sit back, relax. You don't have to hear our voices for a minute. You're going to watch this. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit of WWE before wrapping this whole thing up. What's really going on with The Rock? This is the Law of Live Audio Wrestling. Hey, my name is Big Daddy Donnie DeSilva, and it's time to drop a truth bomb. The booking for the main event of AEW Revolution has been atrocious. Back in October, Sting announced he would have his last match on March 3rd, 2024 at AEW Revolution, and no other information was given, so the internet started to speculate. Could Ric Flair come out of retirement and do it one more time with his longtime rival? Would Tony Khan bring in the great Muta? My hope was an all-babyface encounter that would see Sting versus his protege, Darby Allin, and officially pass the torch to his painted face little brother. On January 10th, it was revealed that the last match of Sting's iconic career would see him tag with Darby versus the Young Bucks. Now, apparently AEW owner Tony Khan gave Sting his pick of anyone on the roster and this is what Sting chose, so that's fine. He had a good experience working a six-man tag against them at a previous event and apparently he wanted to do business together one more time. And I don't have a problem with that. To be honest, I thought what we were going to do is have the Bucks come in, talk about how they've hero-worshipped Sting since they were kids, and now they're going to tear the roof off the building and give the fans a hell of a show. You know, normally I hate face versus face matches, but in this instance, to me, it's what would have made the most sense. Any attempt at generating heat in this story, I thought would have felt contrived and shoehorned. Let's not forget, the Bucks had been off TV for a while, and when we last saw them, they were baby faces, and they were really over. Suddenly, they return, and now, without explanation, they're heels. Aside from the fact that the Bucks are going hard after Big Show's career record of most turns, this latest one has them portraying exaggerated versions of the people that the IWC accused them of being evil executive vice presidents that manipulate everything behind the scenes. It feels so far over the top, as many things with the Bucks do, that it borders on absurd. It doesn't feel like heat. It feels like the Young Bucks thumbing their noses at everyone. 11 days ago, for absolutely no reason, Darby and Sting won the tag titles from Ricky Starks and Big Bill, and suddenly Sting's last match on March 3rd just got muddied. Almost immediately after winning the belts, they were jumped by the Bucks, who came out wearing white suits, which were quickly soaked with blood from the faces of the new champions. Sting's two adult sons sitting ringside tried to intervene, but were also beaten down by the Young Bucks. It instantly becomes obvious that Sting's last match is now going to be for the tag team titles, which feels like a super obvious giveaway on who's going to win. But in an effort to generate heat, the Bucks leave Sting and Darby covered in their own blood, and okay, AEW, I'm still riding with you. This past week, AEW fans all over social media were smiling and giggling, saying Darby Allen just had the promo of the year, which is a boast that's less impressive when you realize that the year is only seven weeks old. The Young Bucks came out this week wearing those same blood-stained white suits from the previous week of TV, they worked a match and declared themselves number one contenders to the tag titles. Because despite Tony Khan recently introducing the ranking system, the Bucks are EVPs. So of course they can do that. 
That announcement was met by very little crowd reaction because everyone had already figured out that the belts would be on the line. And then in yet another effort to build heat and remind everyone, hey, we're bad guys now, they shoved longtime announcer Tony Schiavone to the mat onto his ass. Darby Allen comes running in and chases the Bucks out of the ring. Darby grabs the mic and delivered that promo of the year. Now, did Darby give it a passionate warning about how he's going to destroy the Bucks for what they did to his mentor? Did he talk about how Sting was home tending to his two injured sons and how they have unlocked a darker side of Sting who now wants revenge so bad that the Bucks should be afraid? No, none of that. None of that was even mentioned. Instead, Darby talked about how the Bucks wouldn't hire him. He talked about the mission statement when AEW first opened was to change the world and how he quickly realized this was just a place for Nick and Matt to give jobs to their buddies and goof off. He talked about how the only reason he got hired was because there used to be an executive vice president with a brain and the crowd immediately starts chanting, Cody, Cody, Cody. Instead of talking about the fact that Nick and Matt had humiliated him and his partner, Darby talked about, you wouldn't give me a job. What? How, how is this helping the story? Folks, the only bit of story development that happened in this entire segment was the one we already knew, that the match on March 3rd will be for the tag team titles. The Bucks declared it and then Darby said it again. And other than that, all he did was bring more attention to the competition by invoking the name of Cody Rhodes. Cody isn't part of this angle and he's not going to be. And is it good business for Darby to refer to that company, his company, as all friends wrestling when it's already struggling to pull casuals into their product? Was that the promo of the year? It accomplished nothing. Will one extra person purchase the pay-per-view as a result? All this promo did for me was shine a light on how badly AEW needs better booking and better segment production. An agent should have been backstage and said, so Darby, what are you going to say? And when Darby told him, the agent should have said, well, that sucks. Let's figure out something else. Now, I recognize the planned finish for this match could be the babyfaces winning and Sting retiring as champion. After all, AEW loves tournaments, and this would give them another reason to hold a tournament for those belts. However, is that what's best for business? I appreciate the fact that they want to honor Sting and let him do what he wants the last time he laces up the boots. But does it help the company? They've still got two weeks of TV before this match happens, but so far the story's been nothing short of disappointing. And with the inclusion of these belts, they've creatively painted themselves into a corner and diluted the actual focus of the match, which is supposed to be the last time we see Sting, not who's gonna wear the golden leather props at the end of the night. I'm Big Daddy Donnie. You don't have to agree with me, but it's the truth. Are you in the market for a used vehicle for your family or business? North Toronto Auction hosts public auctions twice a month and everyone's invited. Hundreds of cars, trucks, SUVs, commercial vehicles, and heavy equipment are available. Plus, travel trailers, motorcycles, snowmobiles, ATVs, and more. View the entire selection at NorthTorontoAuction.com. Bid online or bid in person. Bid on items from government agencies, financial companies, fleet managers, car dealers, and public insiders. For more information, visit us online at NorthTorontoAuction.com. Hey, did you know that Saturday, February 24th, 
Destiny World Wrestling returns to Oshawa and the Children's Arena for Destiny's Reckless. Is that the event featuring the indie god himself, Matt Cardona? You bet it is. I heard he's not going to be there alone. I heard Steph Delander showing up. I heard Fighter Flight is showing up. Vanna Black, Tara Zep, Lindsay Dorado, and a whole bunch more. Man, you better get your tickets now. They're on sale at www.destinywrestling.ca. Don't miss out. Hit that subscribe button to get all the latest from the law, live audio wrestling. Now back to the show. And we are back on the law, live audio wrestling. And Chris, I think Yanni may be onto something. Um, going that long doesn't give intern KJ any room to put in a video this week, which is <laughs> And two, um, yeah, are they wasting Sting? Yes, they I believe are. they are. I believe they are. But that also could be because maybe Sting is realizing that hiding himself inside of a tag match is the best choice for him going out. Maybe his body is giving out quicker than we even imagine. Maybe this is just something that he wants to do. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if this entire time Sting was like, yeah, no, I'm good. I've had after all of the bullshit and everything like that, that has happened in AEW with Jericho, with punk, with a steel, with all of the EVPs with, you know, everything has changed from the time I'm sure that he was lured into that company. So maybe he's just looking for his out. We don't know until March 3rd, right? Well, actually we won't know until March 4th, to be honest with you. In your opinion, what's the best and worst versions of sting? Wow. Well, if you're asking me, the best version is always going to be for me. It's going to be surfer sting. Surfer blonde hair, you know, Sting was the Blade Runner Sting was the coolest Sting to me. That was also when he was at his athletic peak, as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. uh, when he started doing, when he started doing Crow Sting and hanging out in the rafters uh, and all of that stuff, I was like, ah, okay. I mean, maybe I didn't buy into it as much because I was already a grown adult who had seen the crow and knew that, you know, Brandon Lee got shot for reals. Like it just didn't do anything for me. I got a little then, hot take for you. Sorry, then, I don't mean to cut you off, but I just want to put a bullet on what you're saying before you move all right. on. So Head. he's the most unoriginal creative guy with a big name ever in the business. Sting. His name was taken from, yep. from a famous musician. Who? Sting, oh Elton John. Uh, now, so he he took his he took his name. His look came from that was a combination. We'll just say that his look he he gets credit for. Then he did the crow thing. Then he did the Joker thing. Mm -hmm. Like he's he just doesn't he doesn't do his own shit. So I I agree with you. The best version of Sting is eighty Stings. Keep going. The worst, in my opinion, is Joker Sting. There you go. Joker Sting is something that so many other people did. And have done so much better. And we don't, I mean, let us not get into, for those of you that don't know, maybe we'll get into this in a future episode as we get closer to this, or maybe after. And we'll talk about the fact that there's a wrestler out there by the name of Crimson 
who was doing that Joker thing before Sting was. Well, there's also a wrestler called Crazy Steve who was doing that Joker thing before Sting. before Sting was. Yeah. So this whole idea, I mean, it goes to it goes to show you, Brady. If you get it to TV first and you've got the bigger name, you win the prize. That's it's really what the it name. goes down to. It's, it's all about really the name. Absolutely. So speaking of name. All right, let's do this. Side shifting very quickly before we run out of time here. I don't know We're if you know, but it, it. it looks like <laughs> looks like The Rock. Rock has joined the bloodline, Brady. No. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Man, that promo, that promo was a lot of people are like, oh, you know, this is bullshit. This is the rock uh, heel light. And I'm like, I'm digging it. I'm digging it. When he came out there and he's like, you guys set a record. People bought into it. He hooked, yeah. he baited every line. He did his job as a, as a TKO board member at the same time by hyping things up. He built up the main event for WrestleMania. He built up the future main events with him and Roman. He, there were seeds planted. You had Jimmy there, like the happiest kid in the family that was just happy to be there watching his cousins, older cousins do their thing. I loved everything about it. Paul Heyman's facial expressions. Fucking, excuse my language, fucking perfect. Yeah. If you go over, you can check out uh, our good friend, the Blue Meanie. Yeah. And check out his, his socials, and you'll see that he's laid out a, a, a theory on the way that this is going to go. And it's all based kind of like on this picture that you see in front of you. If you're watching this on the YouTube channel right now, if you notice everybody here is throwing up their fingers, throwing up their acknowledge the chief fingers, everybody, but one person, everybody, but the person who showed Ricky Starks, what it looks like if you're a man size and you dress this way. I like Ricky Starks. What's wrong with you? Ricky's great. <laughs> you're an asshole. Yes, I am. Absolutely. 100%. You know, who if this was the attitude error, Ricky would have been, sorry. What did you say? I said, you know, who else is an asshole? The rock, because yeah. he knew exactly what he was doing when he put that shirt on, took the sleeves off and said, Hey, this is what arms look like young boy. So if, if this was the attitude error, Ricky would have been bought out of his WCW contract and they would have brought him in as the rock's little cousin or his little <laughs> brother. 100%. Yeah, it would have been Holly versus that would have gotten to the Hollies to, to the main event level. So the big story behind this is that you see that that the rock was holding up the the gun to the air, the L, so to speak, to the air, uh, which, you know, is the the L for loser. Oh, I right? thought it was Bullet Club for life. It uh, could be. Maybe he is. Could you imagine the rock is now going to join the Bullet Club? He's joining the bloodline. He's going to join the Bullet Club. He's going to join the New Age Outlaws. He's going to bring back the Nation of Domination. He's Tonga. going to the Tonga's four way. Jacob Fatu's on his way. The rest of the cousins are all getting into wrestling right now. The nephews are getting into wrestling right now. It's going to be a full Samoan takeover here over the next like five years. That also in turn, the only way you come out of that is for a full Samoan implosion. Exactly. And I'm looking forward to it. This is great storytelling. They've been telling, if you think about it, they have been telling this story for like going on two and a half, three years now. Yeah. And it's just getting bigger and it's, it's like a Sopranos. And we're not done. We're not even close to done. I don't think that this what? is going to take place at this WrestleMania. No, no. I think that this doesn't finish off until next year's WrestleMania. Okay. These guys are playing checkers when everybody else is playing Parcheesi. 
or whatever the hell. They're playing Old Maid, you know, something completely different. The Rock is on a different level. And what he's going to do, the storytelling that he's going to do to everybody over this next little while is going to be fantastic. And I look forward to it. So Brady, on, our, on our way out of here. Yeah. Um, to the audio listeners, don't worry. It's seamless. Uh, Tid's kick in the head is coming up right after we close this out. But yep. can you give us a, a quick preview? Why? So we had Crazy Steve on, I think, the second or third episode that we had done with this reboot here. And I feel like you got more out of him this time. Was there some sort of substance involved here? Like, he seemed to be a lot more loosey-goosey. Yeah, so Steve and I sat down with a couple of tequilas, and oh, we had a conversation. <laughs> and we I get it now. Conversation, and and we talk about everything from like why was being a Punch and Judy clown show for TNA such a horrible idea, and who came up with it. We talk mm-hmm. about that in this interview. We talk about you know going forward and and his love for his love for art and how he thinks that music is just straight up you know witchcraft. Uh, we, we, we talk about what's going to happen. What does he want to do moving forward being the digital champion, the digital media champion for TNA and what really is a digital media champion anymore? We know what it was when it was supposed to be, you know, the, the original incarnation, uh, what's it going to be moving forward? So it's a really, really fun and good interview and a sit down that I did with crazy Steve. So please. Now, how long did you talk about Tommy, Tommy dreamer being the head of creative? Well, how long did that go on for? Zero seconds. You want to know why? Because he's not. not. (laughs) Well, that's it for me this week, Chris. We'll be back midweek for you YouTubers. Uh, Audio listeners, we're back next Sunday. You can check us out on SME Radio or any podcast provider. Um, Chris, you got anything you want to say before we roll this ride out and leave me with a disclaimer? If nothing has taught you anything this past week, ladies and gentlemen, the one thing you always got to remember to do, no matter what life throws at you, tuck your chin. Hello, special friends. You can catch Greg and Brad, your smack daddies, each weekend on the SNME radio network. We cover our lives, what's happening on the East Coast, and eventually cover SmackDown. Check us out each week at SundayNightsMainEvent.com. Please subscribe to get your Smack Daddies and the rest of the SME Radio Network content directly to your podcatcher for less than a dollar a week. We the ones! Well, 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 it is that time again. And as you can tell by the music, it's a fun little ditty. little thing that we like to uh, to do around here is just have fun. And nothing is more fun than a psychotic demon from the other side of the realm. I'm talking about my good friend, Crazy Steve, joining me again here um, in what looks to be either a, a setting of a, uh, you've taken over a mini golf arena in the background there. <laughs> or, you like that, dude? Or a breakdancing uh, art gallery, which is it? <laughs> uh, it could be a little bit of both. A little bit. This is this is where I currently reside. This is uh, my portion of the house. Uh, <laughs> I, oh, yeah, dude. So, so. we all have that, don't we? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I'm a giant child, so like now I I bought this house so I can color on the walls. So I've chosen to do so. Eventually. I now is it going to be one of those things? Are you going to leave it? 
when you go to sell the house and you know upgrade or whatever or you just or you're going to be that like self-conscious person be like no i should probably paint over it or or paint uh, over it with like a, some one of those things that it only shows up after they turn the lights on <laughs> i ha we haven't i've haven't decided I haven't decided it to even keep the thing was not even my idea it was the wife's idea i had the entire basement painted in a similar fashion uh for a halloween party and then this was like the biggest mural that i did and she saw this and was like we're keeping this i was like oh so i always have the idea of like i'm gonna destroy my art after i'm done with it anyway so it doesn't right. I, i'm fine with that but she was the one who wanted to keep it so it, it might stay up here the entire time we'll let whoever purchases the house to do whatever they want with it um i know i remember for a time you were you were doing a lot of painting and selling mm -hmm. Of stuff of that right i and we never really got into it before in any of the time that we talked i don't think where does where does your art come from like what is it because it's very similar there's a theme throughout there's no doubt about it it's chaos it's it's whatever you however you want to describe it but it's even blended over into those ridiculous tattoos that you have where does the artwork come from like yeah so that would be like my outlet when i couldn't wrestle okay and i mean like i've been drawing I'm from as long as I can remember, I was always doing, I was always drawing. Um, and I would draw my favorite wrestlers as a kid. I remember repeatedly drawing Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior, the Undertaker and stuff like that. I still have art books where that was like my motivation for drawing. And this would come before I ever would have the opportunity to go to a professional wrestling school. Okay. So it was just something I always did. I was, uh, you know, I as a child, like I had my friends and stuff like that, but you could easily leave me alone in my room for eight hours and I could entertain myself with, you know, whether it's, I could sit at my desk and I would just draw, I do comic books and stuff like that. And that's where like, I don't draw as much now, but my artwork has bled over into my pro wrestling with my face paint or whether it be my gear or such and so forth. I've just kind of transitioned it over to become a piece of art as opposed to drawing art. And it's also the same reason why anytime I'm able to collect art from fans who have drawn me, it hits me so hard because it's something that I did as a kid. And for anybody to spend six minutes, let alone 16 hours on a drawing just of me is very overwhelming. It's very humbling. So uh, it's super cool. And in, in my hallways here, I have collected various pieces of arts, uh, artwork from various fans throughout the years. So it's, it's kind of cool to see. Have you ever, cause I know of, I only know of one other person, uh, another Canadian guy who's a friend of ours. His name's mm -hmm. Doug Knight. Um, he's blind, legally blind. I don't know if it's the same kind of thing. Uh, could be a million different things with the eyes or whatever. Right. But he is a, a very accomplished right now, comic book artist. Right. And doing quite mm -hmm. well doing art stuff. And it always just kind of like, it, 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 it intrigued me and always baffled me like where, because the obvious question, you're, you're sure. fucking blind. You're yeah, fucking yeah, yeah, blind yeah. And you're doing visual art. You know what I mean? I could understand like if you were doing music, but I mean, do you know how to play any instruments at all? We can, we can touch upon music later on. Uh -huh. <laughs> we, can play, uh, we can definitely touch upon that because I'm, but. Uh, I cannot play an instrument to save my life. I've okay. never, I've never really sat down and attempted it despite owning two guitars, but I, uh, I, yeah, it's, that's when I see live music here before, it's like magic to me. Yeah. But that, but then art, 
Yeah. Uh, again, I don't, like, I, I can't explain it myself. Like, I mean, just because I was, I had, like, just because my eyesight is uh, impaired from a day-to-day thing, like, up here, I still can see very clearly. I can look at a blank piece of paper and see something, and then somehow I'm able to put see, that on paper. That's wild to me because mm. I can make a stick figure look fat. Right. I, yeah, yeah. I couldn't <laughs> draw. I couldn't draw flies if I was covered in shit, let alone something on a piece of paper. You right. know, what I mean? like I just don't have that kind of artistic. I can draw. I can draw boobs. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean, but well, I don't what, have the know, ability to draw. Still a, there's, there's still a job out there for you, I'm sure. Then. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah those fine line, degree. those fine line tattoos are coming back into style. That's I hear. Right? Story. That's right. Yes. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, so, okay, let me ask you this then. Yeah. Um, because I don't think I've ever asked you this before. We've known each other for holy Christ, uh, ever since you started out. Basically. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A thousand. Percent. Um, and it's always been, you know, you've had this like, this crazy Steve thing. Um, why makeup, and not a mask? Yeah, that's a good question because you would think like every wrestler who starts out like their first like nine times out of ten, there's a mask or there's makeup. Right. And I, I. I couldn't tell you. You looked, I, you looked like a 13 year old for like the longest time until you started growing facial hair. You know what I mean? Sure. So I, I, I get it. I get it and whatnot. But my thought was it something because you're already kind of like visually impaired enough as it was inside of the ring. <laughs> you didn't want to be like even more so. And also the no breathing. Yeah. Yeah. The breathing thing probably wouldn't have that because i would have had nothing to compare it to i never would have right. had done it but the the sight thing definitely makes sense um and i think part of it like i was doing face paint in like when i was doing backyard wrestling so like you know i already had the idea of a character because when we did when i was doing that like that's kind of what our friends and us we, we focused on character stuff as opposed to like what backyard wrestling is mostly popularized for which was like the blood and stupidity and fire and and stuff like that and, and elements of danger where we as a bunch of buddies just looked at it from like a you know storyline perspective and stuff like that we still did crazy stuff but we didn't focus on that right um and i feel like the makeup thing is part of like i you know i liked it came from like a music standpoint like i liked bands like mudvayne and slipknot and uh, rob zombie and like all these bands are very theatrical and how they looked but a lot of them implemented face paint mm -hmm. and so marilyn manson being another one too uh, uh like all of these the very and at the time that was what was popular and like in my circle anyway and so i just took that vibe that look mixed it with my own like whatever I could throw at it and threw it in like a pro wrestling sense. And yeah. And so that's why I've always been crazy, Steve. I, I, a lot of people think that I started out as the clown in 2014. Well, I can attest to that. That was not the case. Yeah. I mean, you and I, you and I ran a program for damn near a year. You, for the longest time, you would come out in a fucking straight jacket. You know what I mean? When you were still working on the indies before signing up to TNA and leaving Canada, basically, right? 
So this is is another thing that I was going to ask you. So like the character has always been from the start, a lot closer to what the character is now. I can see the evolution. I can see the evolution of where you are now character wise coming, being a direct descendant, you know, or direct result of where you started. Right. With that psychotic character. Yes. So let's talk about the fucking clown. Yeah. Why was that a thing? How did that come about? Whose idea was it? And uh, why was it uh, done? So it was never anybody's intentions in the first place. The idea of the menagerie originally consisted of Mike Knox and Rebel um, as part of this circus act. That was the plan. And that was done through um, a member of TNA who I cannot remember for the life of me started in happy days. Oh God, why can't I think of his name? Jason something? Anyway, I digress. It's his idea. Jason Harvey. It's his idea. He had the idea for the menagerie. He's in big with TNA at the time. So I get a dark match at the same time that they have this idea. And my first match was against Eric Young. And, And this is a dark match where there's no fans. It's just the bosses, the head honchos. So it's a, an entire impact zone, but super intimate and very, could be awkward for more most people. It's a very awkward atmosphere. But I'm Crazy Steve, and I don't need you to cheer for me. I just need to make you feel weird. Mm-hmm. And the atmosphere is already weird, so I can, that's a happy place for me. Because it's already awkward. I can just make it more awkward with me. Me, sure. me. <laughs> right? <laughs> so we, we have this match. And I'm crazy, Steve. I got the loincloth on. I have the, the straight jacket entrance, yep. all the whole nine. And me and Eric Young have a match. And it's great because Eric Young is in it. So t- collectively, we got all good feedback from everybody. And we think to ourselves, okay, well, you probably won't wrestle tomorrow. No one's ever done like two dark matches in a row. If they like what they saw, they got it today. You'll probably hear something tomorrow, but don't expect to wrestle. Bring your stuff, but don't expect anything. Great, cool, great. Next day arrives, I'm in another dark match. Okie dokie. All right. I'm wrestling. Uh, he's one of the descendants uh, from the Samoans, ironically enough. Um, and he, I think he was a student of Tommy Dreamer, he said. He's younger than me. And I got the sense they're putting me in a match with this guy because he's younger and they want to see if I can lead because anybody can have a good match with Showtime Eric Young. Right. Right? right. So especially, especially one of his students. So let's put him to the test. Of course. Yeah. In between that, I had got the knowledge that they were doing this uh, this circus gimmick, the menagerie with Mike Knox and Rebel. And they saw what they saw the day prior and they thought, oh, he'd make a good, like, he could be a cool clown. And so with that knowledge in mind and the opportunity to do another match, I painted my face like a clown. I had brought in another jacket that was more clown-like. It was a suit jacket. Um, I didn't wear the loincloth. I just wore trunks. And the feedback that I got from Tommy Dreamer, which was really good feedback, I implied to that match where, like, my mannerisms were completely different. I came up with the neck snap that day. Um, Just everything. I just completely changed all my stuff but gave them. Now I'm in an opportunity as well, whereas I'm leading the match. So there's a lot of moments for me to kind of just stand out by doing, making the most out of nothing, right? Just even how I walk or all sorts of stuff. That's my bread and butter. I really love stuff like that. It's not so much about the moves, but it's what comes before them. And 
after that. I basically gave them no reason not to hire me. If you want a creepy clown, I can do that. I've already been doing it for 12 years. I'm just, now you want me to paint it with a couple different shades. Perfect. Let's go. That's fine. So that was the match. And then I, I was hired pretty much right after that. And then I'm thinking to myself, this is cool. So now I'm getting more information that we're going to be this creepy, like carnival family. And this is like, this is for anybody listening. This is before the Wyatts are even a thing. This Mm -hmm. is 2014. And so in my head, we're going off of like, I'm going off of the devil's rejects. I'm going off of like a bunch of, these are my motivations for how we look, how we're going to act. Cause it's a creepy could be maybe it's some sort of satanic kind of dark twisted clown thing circus thing okay we're gonna be these awesome heels like we there's there's opportunity for some really cool entrances and just be i really wanted dirty i really wanted like just grimy okay no color i wanted to avoid of color and that sort of thing and just really gross and grimy and then we get to tv and we find out we're baby faces yeah they made you guys the oddities yeah and then we were like oh no oh no like what like we felt like like how do you not see it like it's like we should be this is not the time for that the audience was ready i think the audience was ready for and if they weren't ready for it then like let's give them that anyway let's go with dark and like dirty and grimy and like no they wanted like, they wanted the oddities. Yeah. And so now I'm like, well, but from a personal standpoint, I just get a, I finally, after 12 years of grinding on the independent sure. scene, I've getting this opportunity to wrestle on television for as my full-time gig. And I'm going to show them what I'm capable of. Like, mm-hmm. you want me to be a clown? I, I'll be a clown. I'll be the baby face clown. That's perfectly fine. Like, like my trainer is Eric Young. If anything, he has, he's the perfect example of being versatile and showing mm-hmm. their, his employer of how valuable it is to be versatile at any role that you give him. You want him to be the funny man, he'll be the best funny man. You want him to be the main event, he can do that too. You want, it doesn't matter the card or where he's at, he can do it all. Yeah. And I come from that. And so if you're challenging me with, I had this idea, but you want to go this way, Okay, let's go, and I'll I'll do that too because I'm awesome at professional wrestling. <laughs> fucking right, but like, you mean, but, no, but like that's the mentality that I go with. I one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Like, I mean, you're 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 okay at best. Yeah, yeah I'm satisfactory <laughs> at best. But I'm going in with the mindset of I'm I am the best, right? So like, I could I could show you a, I can show you well over a year's worth of footage where it wasn't that good. Now maybe that was me in the ring, but whatever. Show me. Is that what you're gonna do? Okay. All right. Put it in front of me. I ain't gonna see any. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So so then okay, let me ask you this: How happy were you uh, when they finally said to you, "We're we're getting rid of this gimmick"? So they never said that. You just did it. Well, well, because what ended up happening is like uh, Jason Harvey left the company. He was our backing force. It could have been a cool thing because he was the one really pitching for this. And then like within a month he had left the company. Uh, And so now we have a whole bunch of other writers, a whole bunch of different management coming in. And so 
I show up to TV one day and uh, Rob Terry is fired. He's gone. And then I show up again and then like a few months later, Nux is gone. And then it's just me and Rebel and she's off on doing her own thing. And I'm in X division spots as the clown here and there. And I made the most out of that by doing the least, mm-hmm. right? If I'm in a battle royal, I'll come in and I'll shoot silly string and it still gets over and everyone else does their flips. And I'm only in it for a few minutes, but you'll remember why I was there. Again, I try to make the most out of what I'm given. Yeah. And show that I'm a team player and whatever you want to do, I can do it to the best of my ability. And but so I don't want to be here. And so they, and so, oh, sorry, go ahead. So what ended up happening was being frustrated with that role. Mm -hmm. I needed to create change. And so I pitched to them with the help of EY, like we sat down and I put together a package of why I need to be aligned with Abyss. Even when I was trying to work with the company in 2009, I was sending them clips. It was always me and Abyss. I always wanted to work with him because I felt like our characters, even if you didn't know who I was on the independent scene, if you have 30 seconds, I can give you a reason why you think me and him would be a good pair out of everybody on that roster. Yeah. Far be it for me to, to walk in as an unknown and say, Hey, I need to work AJ styles, your world champion. Like that's silly. You don't say that. Right. Um, but Abyss and me makes sense, even if we don't match up size-wise, character-wise, there's something there. At least I thought so. And I was really pitching for that. So after doing the clown thing, I pitch that me and Abyss need to be a tag. And they listen to it. They even put us together in, in like a, I think they call it a Joker's Wild thing. It was one of their like one night only pay-per-views. And they put us together as like a test to see how it would work out. And uh Anyway, and then so it came around, uh, around Christmas time, I was informed that we're going to do Decay. It's, it's going to happen. It wasn't known as Decay at the time, right. but they, hey, they, I was specifically told by John Gaborik that we're going to go with your idea. We're going to pair you with Abyss, um, but we want to add a female to the group as well. And I was like, oh, I was, oh, this is great. So I went home with that knowledge and like not, they didn't have like a set idea on who the female was going to be. And okay. so Rosemary happened to be doing the demon assassin character in Smash and like killing it in Canada. And I thought, oh, I, I've known her from day one. Like she's one of my best friends. She's got this awesome character going on right now. I wonder if I can pitch her. But I, I called her and I said, I don't know what you're doing with wrestling or life, but would you be okay if I threw your name in the hat for this idea that we're going with? And she was like, yeah, that'd be, yeah, that'd be awesome. So I threw the name in the hat. They, they wanted a promo and a, and a couple matches. Within like two to three weeks, there was a contract waiting for. Her. So now we're off to the races. Now everything is just kind of rolling at this point. Um, Billy Corgan is just, he's just happened to be on board with, with TNA at the time. He's really into this. He's the one who coined the decay, the decay. Um, and now I'm with Abyss, who I've always wanted to work with. And I'm with one of my best friends in Rosemary. And we are all coming together on this cool idea. Uh, and to me, it's, this is easy. It's old, old hat. Like all I was doing, like the whole time I'm doing the clown thing, I, in the back, in my back pocket, I have, well, I have this other character that's like, I have, as you know, as you mentioned, like I have this, I have 12 years, yeah. another whole thing that I was doing that we can go to. Yeah. And so when, when decay kind of came around for anybody who had followed me on the independence knew like, Oh, this is Steve and his element. This is, you know, and now even like now it's just kind of 
everything up to this point is all me and my element sort of thing. It was but, one of those, it was one of those things. Like when I first, when I first saw that and you coming out with the biz, I was like, this, this mm. makes sense to me. All right. This, this yeah. is, this is where Steve needs to be. Um, yeah. Character wise. And, and then you've taken it another step. You've taken it another step further now with this new thing, kind of a, um, how'd you come up with the mask idea? Is it, I mean, watching Nightbreed one day or something? No, no, it has, it was all the concept of not even the mask idea. Like I've never worn a mask. Right. You would like a lot of times characters similar to mine come with masks. And so part of it was a conscious thing of like, I don't ever want to wear masks because it's just too commonplace. Mm -hmm. But then it came to the point of like, even to what I wear right down to the trunks and kick pads, that was given to me through Brian Myers of all people. When I was trying to come up with like what I should look like with this character, I wanted to, again, like if decay is something that was originally my idea, I wanted nothing to do with, I'm destroying that now. And I, I mean, I did that in a television standpoint, but also in my brain, I'm I'm destroying my own artwork to create something new. And I didn't know what the character should look like. And Brian Myers had suggested, he said like, do you ever, see yourself wearing trunks and kick pads. He says, I know it's not like original by any stretch of the imagination, but you yourself, as far as I know, have never done that on television. And he said to you, you know, to your credit, like you have a good build. It's not like you couldn't pull it off. And so I thought about it and I was like, cause no, I'm overthinking it too, right? I'm thinking it needs to be something even more elaborate and stuff like that, but he, to scale it back, it works. And mm -hmm. I don't wear like the face paint. I wear very little face paint. I'm really showing a lot more now. And it's just the evolution of that. Um, the mask kind of comes from not so much, I wanted to wear a mask, but like, wouldn't it be cool to, to take a mask off from the mouth? Like a big Chelsea grin and literally tear the whole thing off your face. It reminds me of Beetlejuice. Yeah, sure. Perfect. Right. Remember, remember the 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 one like snaky face gimmick, and you see mm -hmm. him yes. his mouth opens up, and the other one comes out and opens up and opens up. That's what it kind of reminds it, me. It, it, I I picture something like Venom. Yeah. Right, where you're tearing something off to reveal what's underneath, and uh, so I thought that's cool. So I I made contacts with a mask maker, and I asked him if it would be possible, and he he said sure. I think it could be, and then as far as the look, I wanted something. I didn't want something super detailed. I wanted more theater of the mind to play tricks when you see it. Similar to Michael Myers or Scream, how they're very like, uh, they're just basic and right. shadows will play effect on them. Yep. Um, and so that's kind of where the look came from. And then I added my own two cents when, when, when I finally got the finished mask, I added my own pieces of artwork to it to kind of make it its own thing. But it's more of a symbol of like shedding dead skin and and becoming something new each time you see me and again it's i'm i've destroyed decay but i'm it's a rebirth in that whole thing like it's again i've overthought the whole thing and i don't expect wrestling fans when they see the entrance to, to think these things oh no it just goes to say like this is what i put into it like the whole entrance and stuff like that like it's my thought process going into it so oh no fanboys kind of fanboys and girls out there will love hearing stuff like this Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Like they're they're like, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Right. right. <laughs> so you're yeah. just you're just getting giving them fuel to the fire, brother. <laughs> yeah. So 
So I want to ask you this. What's because you're very good at writing, like writing stuff out in your mind and, you know, okay, the evolution is this, the evolution is that. What is the next step for evolution for a crazy Steve character? Because you're getting your, you you are right now, you are the current TNA um, digital media champion, right? What, what, where do you defend that? First of all, like, is this like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I know that there's like specific titles for specific things. Is there other kind of media obligations that you have to do along with that? No, I'm, no there's not. And I, I look at this title because when it was first announced, it, it was supposed, I, I feel like it was supposed to be something that it, it is drifted away from that. Okay. I like originally I thought when it was, when it, when its inception was that the title was only defended on Facebook and it would be an opportunity to reach a different audience, which makes sense for this digital media championship. But now it's kind of become another title on a, on a TV show. Okay. On, you know what I mean? Like that's just where I, that's where I've come to find it in my path. So is, so, have you got, so obviously with the landscape of what it is with TNA yeah. right now and, you know, we've talked about it before and we both know, I mean, you obviously know Scott a lot more intimately than I do, but I know Scott nonetheless for many, 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 many years and everything has changed there. And it seems to be a big shakeup right now. Right? Yeah. Everybody's yeah. kind of like, ah, what are we doing? But as a, as a unit, as the, the, the heartbeat of that company, the performers and the people that work in the back, you guys all have to work as a collective, but also individually, right? So this is why I yeah. say, like, is there is there opportunity, and have you started to think about, is there an opportunity to make something more out of this digital media championship that you have right now, Given because that's your opportunity. This is like, listen, you guys have given this to me. I understand that we're switching, you know, things are going to be the same, but different, but who knows? I have some ideas. Uh, I definitely have ideas. Okay. Whether or not there's opportunity, I don't know yet. Right. Why? Well, because I don't know the landscape of things right now. That's where we're at. Right. All of this stuff has happened uh, in between uh, tapings for us. Mm-hmm. We just finished a set of TVs, and then I, I, and in between those sets, and I don't know when this will air, but our, our next TVs are in uh, New Orleans. Yeah. So. Right now, where, where I'm sitting, I'm in this, there's, I'm in the void where we don't know those, those Zoom meetings that have popularized uh, the internet that everyone yeah. knows about. Like I was a part of those um, and I got no answers. I got, I don't know what it looks like going forward. We'll find out in New Orleans. Um, but as an individual and as, as somebody who is passionate about professional wrestling, of course they have ideas. I, I understand the opportunity that's given to me with this championship. So there's, and, and I have no idea how long I'm going to have it. I don't know if, I don't even know if they see how long I'm going to have it or if they did and now it's changed. I don't know any of that. So I'm looking at it as an opportunity. I want to tell stories with this thing. I want to make it important to the best of my ability whether I'm given that chance is not up to me, but, right. but if they come to me saying, Hey, we're going to give you this chance, 
I'm not going to twiddle my thumbs thinking of ideas. I'm going to say, here's idea A, here's idea B. You don't like that? Here's idea C. Maybe we combine them. Here's stuff. Take, take things, what you like, take what you don't like. Let's create something together. Had right? they... Have they given you any kind of indication? Because obviously it, it's it's going to be different in the sense um, Scott's not there. Scott yeah. has always been very much, uh, hey, Scott, can I talk to you about something? You know yeah. what I mean? Hey, hey, Scott, I got an idea. Can I pitch you this? Right. That's I can't imagine that's going to be the same kind of thing because the new president, I don't know. I could be wrong on this, but I don't think that he's going to be as forward with the with the performers as say scott was i could be wrong so yeah is it is it is is there other people is it going to be tommy that you're going to have to pitch this stuff to going forward i i would imagine but like i feel like i feel like there'll be somebody in that place yeah i don't i don't think whoever's taking over for scott is coming in with the idea of i know better than scott when it comes to professional wrestling right I think, right. but, but he also has, but I know, I mean, we do have, we have plenty, not just Tommy, but Gail Kim as well. We have a Lance Storm. There's plenty of, of pockets to choose from when it comes to what do we do in places where I don't feel comfortable. So we can basically start the rumor here and now that you're going to be taking that position with the company. No, uh-uh. Not <laughs> no, uh-uh. no, sir. I don't want that headache. Uh, not without a few more zeros on my contract. Let's put it well, listen, even then, everybody says that. Everybody says that until they're like, okay, you know, I'm going to promote a show. Uh, and yeah, then, yeah, yeah. then it comes time to do that. And it's it's the last thing you want to do. It was funny. I was talking with uh, Conrad Thompson uh, previously, and we were talking about, because he's the one that put on Ric Flair's uh, last match that whole show. And it's the one time that he's ever been a, you know, put on the hat and been a wrestling promoter. And he says straight up, he goes there here. The thing that I learned most about this was that I never want to do that again. No, no, I'm not interested. I don't want that. that right. It is an absolutely thankless job. So I um, may be crazy, but I'm not stupid. <laughs> let's be clear about that right now. All right. All right. Well, let's talk about another crazy thing. Let's go back in time a little bit. Tell me about Kamala. Oh my goodness. What a sweetheart. What an absolute sweetheart. The first time I ever met him was in 2005 and I'm helping out Sim Bodhi with Warrior One Wrestling. He Warrior One Wrestling was a one-time adventure mm-hmm. with Sin Bodhi's madness that he put together. One of like the craziest wrestling cards I've ever been a part of. From a, if you look at it, like I started in 2003 this show is taking place in 2005 i'm very new in pro wrestling two years in very new and i'm on a show where like kid cash is wrestling brian danielson and in 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 another uh independent talent in a three-way you got nigel mcginnis is on the show uh mick foley is a special guest referee against nwa's tna champion raven versus ring of honor champion samoa joe uh scott namore and all of team canada are involved like this is, there's a lot of talent that's being brought in and I'm uh, two years in and I'm being tagged up with WWE legend Kamala versus recently signed Highlanders who is managed by Jimmy Hart. Crazy. It's yes, of course, only Sin Bodhi's wacky mind <laughs> could come up with this whole scenario, right? 
Um, and like, but had the shows continued, the idea was for me, because Sim, he was in my first match. He named, he coined the name Crazy Steve. Like I have a lot of history with him. And his idea was each show I run, you're going to be with a different oddity. Like it could be Kamala this show, but the next show, maybe it's the missing link. And then the next show it's all of like the wacky weirdos from pro wrestling. He was going to pair me up with was the original idea, which is, I was more than happy to take like that would be, it's fantastic. That's, Oh, I could go on and on about that. I digress. So uh, I meet up with Kamala. He's just a, just a sweetheart of a human being. Um, introduces introduces me to his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I remember at such a young age, so naive, like I like I <laughs> I was so like taken back by like, wait, how old are you? You have a girlfriend? And, like I just expected to have his <laughs> wife after like forty <laughs> years of marriage and this that. No, I was not ready for a girlfriend at all. Um, so I was like, oh damn, Kamala, you're like okay, you're getting down still, like all right. <laughs> And then the other thing I remember from that initial day was like, cause I remember we did a bunch of stuff in the daytime. Like we went bowling and they had cameras filming this bowling atmosphere. And like, we were playing in an arcade. And of course he's in full gimmick. Uh, mm-hmm. We had kimchi with us. Like it was a whole adventure. And I remember the match specifically putting the match together. Even two years in, I knew like, Hey, listen, I'm taking the heat and I'm tagging you in Kamala. Like we know, I know how this goes. And I'm, I am more than happy to do that because you like, I watched you growing up like, for real. Like I was honored to do that. And he says to me, no, 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 Steve, I think I'll take the heat. And I said, what? Yeah. You're going to do a whole that flip flopping and flying around. I'll take the heat. And I'm like, sure. Like I have no, I, have, I argued with him and he was convinced. No, he wanted to take the heat. And I to hit like, I didn't have a really banging hot comeback. Uh, in all honesty, I had focused on taking heat and selling, and I'm good at that too. Like I, I was, I was, very, you know, like I was focused on that. I didn't have this whole put together thing, but he was insistent on it, even to the point where, like, the ring we were working in, there was a piece of like the the middle of the ring, there was a piece of padding that was missing, and it was just the board. And he's still bumping and like, he's doing all this stuff. And even knowing that ahead of time, he still re- refused to take the hot tag when all he really had to do to get everyone rocking and rolling is come in, slap his belly, big splash in the corner, pin the guy, roll him over, pin him again. Like the whole, like do your thing, do what you do. That's what everyone came to see. They didn't come to see me, but he was such a sweetheart and we had such a fun time and such a good match that each time he came back to Ontario, he requested that he would work with me. 100%. And then, it, and then I finally got my wish where it became crazy. Steve does the shine. Crazy. Steve takes the cutoff. Crazy. Steve takes the heat. Kamala gets the hot tag. And we, we did get to a point where we got to do it. <laughs> and that was how we did it. But he was such, he was such a sweetheart. Uh, he wanted me to come down to Memphis and work with him in Lawler. I remember I, I broke my ankle. It was the only injury that took me out of wrestling. And I, I was in surgery. And the day I was going into surgery, he texted me out of the blue. And I was like, dude, what? He's like, I heard you're having surgery today. I just, I just want to check up on you. I want to see how you're doing. Like, he was awesome. Yeah, awesome. James is one of the coolest dudes. And, and you know what? A lot of people, they know it now. But at the time, yeah. nobody knew the voice 
of an yeah. angel. Very few yes. people knew that that dude can sing. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, and it, you, now, you know, it's on YouTube. Look up Kamala's album. Yeah. Now, you know, back then you didn't, you know, people just no. like, no. Uh-huh. And then when you heard no him, idea. you were like, oh, is that what, what, what huh? What? Huh? Ooh, totally the same thing. This guy. What? Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Good yep. for you. Um, yep. I got one more for you that I've always, yeah. you know, I've always, because you've been fortunate enough, you've met just working at TNA and the flow of people coming in and out of there and stuff like that. Right. But I want to ask you about one other person. And this is a guy that I grew up watching, you know, when I was a kid back watching the AWA at the showboat hotel and casino all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm talking about Ricky Morton. <laughs> oh yeah. Tell me about, tell me about Ricky. (laughs) I'm like, I'm going through the Rolodex as you're describing it. I'm trying to pick out names and I'm like, who is he going to pick out? Oh, Ricky. Oh, Uncle Ricky. Uh, So if you have told, pick an age, geez, if you had told six-year-old Steve to 26-year-old Steve that he was going to be best friends with Ricky Morton, I would have I would I would have slapped you in your face uh I, it's came out of nowhere but what a blessing um I happen to be fortunate enough to be married to a lovely lady who uh has happened to just known Ricky for years being in the area that we live in and uh so when when we started dating and started seeing each other and then through pro wrestling you happen to cross each other's paths quite often so uh, I, there was a moment in time where I was the head trainer at Ricky Morton's school. Um, and just me and Ricky have just we get like anybody who's met Ricky Morton knows that he's a gem. So yeah. like, there's no one, like, I mean, there's honestly nobody and I don't know anyone who has a bad word to say about Ricky Morton. So for me to gush about how well we get along, it's like everybody gets along with Ricky cause he's Ricky. You know what I mean? Um, but I've gotten to share some really cool experiences and some fun times uh, many Fourth of Julys were out on his boat, and there's there's good times to be had. There's stories. There there's some stories there, um, <laughs> <laughs> and I've also had the pleasure of working with him too in the mm-hmm. ring, uh, on shows a couple times, which is uh, you know, it, it's something that you can check off your list, but like there's not a lot of us who are going to be able to check that off their list. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah. He's one um, of the only guys that still looks exactly the same, you know, just a yeah. just older version of, but like just looks fantastic, still working, unbelievable. And, and here's the thing is people say like, oh, he's still working. Yeah, he's still wrestling on shows. You still see him wrestling in shows. What you don't see is him going to the gym every like at five o'clock in the morning. You don't yeah. see him eating his meals that he's eating. Like when we say working, like he's working 24-7 oh. yeah. around the clock, if not more so. Then someone who's younger, who has the metabolism of a 26 year old who can eat McDonald's like Ricky can't do that. He still has, he's still grinding. It doesn't matter. And he's doing it not because he has to, he's doing it because he loves professional wrestling. He, Ricky Morton is a soul saver. When you meet him, if you are bitter about pro wrestling or if you're jaded, which a lot of us can be at certain times because pro wrestling can be a shit sandwich mm-hmm. in, in a lot of times. If you come into contact with Ricky Morton, whether it be like just passing him in the airport or sitting down having lunch with him for hours, you're going to walk away with like, you feel uplifted. Like he's just, he's just an awesome human being. And, you know, I'm from Canada. 
Yeah. We didn't get the NWA growing up. I was, was all WWF. It's not to say that I didn't see the NWA, but it was not my number one thing. I never grew up with the Rock and Roll Express versus the Midnight Express. Yeah. I got to see it, yep. but like that was until years later. I didn't know it. Yeah. And so taking me from that pocket of the world and then putting me now I'm so close with Ricky Morton, who is who holds us so much lineage within professional wrestling, just on a different place than I was brought up. It's super cool to have that convergence come together. Like, yeah, I couldn't, I don't know how else to, to like, it's something that I never thought would be possible, but the, the art of professional wrestling brought us together. It's super cool. Those still to this day, I, I talk about it with Brady all the time. Those NWA studio shows, Saturday, WTBS, you know, mm-hmm. that's where I fell in love with like guys like Nikita Koloff, still to this day, one of my favorite heels of all mm-hmm. time, like scared me as a human. Yeah. You know me, okay. I don't, I yeah, don't get yeah. you know, scared from, from anybody, but Nikita I, Koloff I was like... one of those characters that like, oh yeah, I love this. Right believe you were a child i feel like you just looked like this from the time you were born tattoos and facial hair and all so yeah. when you say someone scares you like nikita koloff i feel like even six-year-old tit tatted up was right? afraid of yeah 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 so that's impressive, it's impressive. but that, that's where i fell in love with that that whole style of of wrestling and putting on a show and and everything meant something it was all all those studio shows were set up for the, the bigger live events you know the commercial for then greensboro and raleigh and you know wherever it was but that's that's what it was all about and you had that in a regional thing you had because you had that in texas too with world class that i absolutely adored as well portland was another thing the nice thing being where i was in vegas is like i got all of that stuff portland was like this un this hidden gem that had everybody from like Iceman King Parsons to uh, uh, Matt Bourne, who I later on in life got to meet. So I get it when you, you know, that was one of those things for me. It was like, they say, don't meet your heroes or whatever, but in the world of professional wrestling, you absolutely want to meet your heroes because you never, you don't know when you're not going to get a chance to meet your heroes. Yeah. And sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't like, I mean, yeah, like there's, but like, Ultimately, yes, you do. Yeah. I've just started watching Portland, like thanks to YouTube. Now I'm, I'm getting to catch up on stuff like that. And it's, you're right. It is a hidden gem. Yeah, it's man. so, so. Iceman cool King me. Parsons and, and yep. Leap, and, Leap and Lanny Poffo back then. Right. Unbelievable. I mean, you know, and I'll even say it, Billy Jack Haynes back then, like the Portland mm-hmm. stuff. A, a lot of it was just, it was absolutely amazing. Don Owen did a fucking great job. You know, he sold yeah. out the Coliseum when the WWF yep. couldn't sell out the Coliseum. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right? It's, so, yeah, absolutely. Good for him. Um, I'm going to ask you a couple of silly questions here, first of all. Yeah, let's go. I'm ready for it. Are uh, you ready? You warm? Yeah. You primed up? All right. Why are your tattoos? Why are your tattoos so stupid? Uh, they don't have outlines or nothing. Huh? What the, what's the matter with you? Have you ever known me to color in between the lines? I don't even know if you can see the lines. Yeah, but you've seen my artwork. I never color in the lines. Come on now. Next question. Um, Yeah, let's go. (laughs) You're the last person to ever uh, wrestle Dave Christ. Do you feel responsible for him leaving the business? No way. (laughs) On television? On television? Is that what you're saying? I'm kidding, dude. I'm completely kidding. I was also the last person to wrestle Joey Ryan. 
Oh, Absolutely. Jesus Christ. You're just yeah. killing off all the bad guys in the business. I'm just Good. saying. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. a superhero, like Batman. Now, okay, let's talk. Did you did the, the, the whole idea of Crazy Steve, because wasn't that a Batman thing as well? If I'm not mistaken, there was some kind of some kind of weird story where there was like some some a hobo or something had found the suit and had put on the Batman suit. And they were referring to him as that's just crazy Steve. No, this to be fact or fiction, sir. I'm not sure. You're 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 telling me new knowledge here. All right, we're just gonna start that rumor as well. Okay, let's throw that out there. <laughs> let's throw it out there. Let's talk, let's talk a little bit about music. Because I know that you are very much into music. Who are you into right now? Uh, who's, who's, who's on the, on the turntable? Because I know you don't, um, I know you don't watch a lot of movies, a lot of TV. I know you watch some, right? And yep. here's my yep. other question. When you watch movies, do you watch it with the, uh, with the visually, uh, the definitions being told to you? You ever watch that channel? I hate that. I hate it. <laughs> yeah. I don't like it. Here's why. Here's why. Cause I'm either focused on the bottom of the screen so I can read the dialogue or I'm looking at what's happening and I can never get both. So it's, it's very, I, it's really difficult for me to do that. Um, I will say my, I have a rather large television and the couch is fairly close right. to where I feel like most people who come over to want for like watch viewing parties or whatever, they probably feel like it's probably too close maybe based off of the brightness of the television, but I've made it to where uh, it works for me. Cause I've had a couple, I've had a couple of times where I've been watching some show on some channel and all of a sudden you'll hear this voice describe what's going on on the tv at the same time and i'm like what the, what the yeah uh, no uh can't do it not not interested right and you and um, if there's you, words on if there's words on the bottom you, yes. it better be a foreign film that i can't speak even, even then like i really want to watch god's godzilla minus uh one right it's called but it's yeah. because it's foreign i have taken a, i can't watch it because i'm either going to be focused on the what's happening on the screen which is all, yeah. like just as impressive, but like I'll be missing the story, which is also equally important. So unless there's a dubbed version, I don't know if I'll ever get the enjoyment that I could really get out of that movie, which is unfortunate because I've only heard good things. Well, um, if there's not a dubbed it. version, if there's not a dubbed version, I'll make one for you. Please, yes, I'll, I'll take your commentary as well. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. I mean, you you got to do, yeah, do color commentary. You and Jesse Scott, you <laughs> That'd be the color commentary. The best. The best. Yes. <laughs> All right, yeah, music. Who you hot on right music. now, buddy? Okay, this is a good opportunity for me to circle back to what we began with. But either yeah. way, uh, right off the bat, okay, so like my music taste for anybody is uh, it varies, but it's mostly dark and it's very loud and probably obnoxious to the general audience. So I'm, I'm only going to find a pocket of you who really like what I'm into right now, but I'll, I'll feel free to divulge. Uh, one of the first bands that comes to mind is a band called Shame. Uh, no, sorry, their album is called Shame. The band is called Meth, actually. Okay. Uh, hard, hard to forget that name, but the, the recent album is called Shame. Um, I'm into them. Uh, I can't can't not mention my boys from Atlanta, GA sixty eight. They have been an influence to me th for many many years. It's just a guitarist who's also a vocalist and a drummer, and they make as much awesome noise as they possibly can. Uh, if you like terribly good rock and roll, look up sixty eight. They're for you. Um, Chelsea Wolf, a beautiful singer. 
who has just recently come out with an album. If you haven't heard Chelsea Wolf, I, she'd probably be maybe the most popular out of everyone. I don't know that I'm going to mention that okay. you might know she's great. And then of course, last but certainly not least if you're if you're in the gym and you want some heavy 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 stuff uh you need to look up my boys in rot nest i bring up rot nest uh mm-hmm. not only because they are my boys however uh as of next week february 20th okay. rot nest is going to debut a brand new single um, which so happens to be my theme music which rot nest is the band responsible for the current Crazy Steve theme music, which I helped come up with. It's the very first piece of music I ever took place in helping create. Uh, And just recently, I had the boys over at my place of residence and we recorded uh, a different version of that theme music, but with vocals this time. And I am on said song in uh, as a feature for vocals. So it's my first time with uh, doing anything in the realm of music, but something that I've always wanted to do. I feel like most musicians who are fans of pro wrestling have said to me, like, in fact, I a hundred percent of musicians that I've met that like pro wrestling have said, if I wasn't a musician, I wanted to be a pro wrestler. And there's a, I know a plethora of pro wrestlers who said, if it wasn't for pro wrestling, I would have been a musician. And how and, many and we know in pro, that that are pro wrestling? Yeah, of course, of right? course, they bleed into each other. I am not proficient in writing music or reading music or okay. playing an instrument. But uh, before professional wrestling, I would I didn't have a physical outlet to do things. So I would scream. I liked screaming, yelling music, as I've already talked about. So I would mimic what I hear. And so like, I got pretty good at it at a, at, in my teenage years. And like, it, again, it was my physical outlet. But then once I found pro wrestling, I just kind of abandoned that altogether and focused all my attention on professional wrestling. Now I find myself because of pro wrestling getting in contact with bands who uh, like what I do, and I be, I've developed relationships with that. And we've this band Rotnest, uh, we we go back quite a ways, and um, they just kind of fit my image. I kind of fit their image. We have general interests, and it just all kind of came together naturally uh, to the point where I needed new theme music. Decay was done. I had finished it, and I needed new theme music, so I reached out to them. And they were like one of the first bands I've ever con contact with that were like, Hey, if you need new theme music, hit us up. I'm ready. So will, so so, will this be debuting? Will this be debuting at the, uh, at the new Orleans show? The hope is that I like the, the, while my theme music with vocals is done. It's complete. We're ready. It will be coming out on February 20th. The lyric video will drop February 20th. We're going to shoot the actual music video in March. That will be debuting later this year, um, and then when they are out on tour, and if I'm if schedules don't crisscross, I will be performing said single with them on tour as well when that happens. So it's a new, it's a whole new like adventure that I'm getting into, but I'm super excited to to branch out into that field, um, especially with these guys. They're just super cool, and they're awesome to be around it's a good circle to be around of, of human beings are you, um, are you gonna be a singer in a rock and roll band steve uh, there'll be there's an opportunity for there to be youtube footage of me singing in a rock and roll band <laughs> at some point in a venue now that doesn't say much if you really write it down and break it down but 
it's an it's a venue that I never thought I'd see myself in, but okay. I'm super excited to be in. All right. If you had, if you yeah. had your choice, if you had your choice outside of wrestling, uh, what would it be? Music or acting? Acting, likely, I think. Yeah. The music is. Yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one. I say acting. I think they both would. They both appeal to my artistic side, but I feel like acting has a, more of an opportunity to make some cash where I could continue to act as well as just pay my bills. Whereas music, I feel like that's the expensive hobby. Like wrestling. And I did, and I did that with wrestling, but I did it in that's, my teens. Right. Doing it in my going into my forties, not not a responsible decision. But now you could be like that Johnny Depp dude, right? Or like Keanu no, Reeves or something. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can compare me to those guys. I don't think that works. I'm sorry, but yeah, no. <laughs> no, that doesn't work. That's amazing. Yeah, it was funny. I was I, the reason I bring up music and like what you're listening to now is because I just got sent over. Um, our friend uh, Blue Meanie just sent me. He's like, "Hey, have you heard this yet? Carrie King from Slayer has a new band coming out called Idle Hands." Uh, and it's with the, uh, the singer from like, uh, uh, death angel is in it. And, uh, one of the guitar players from machine head. And it's like, I was listening to, it and I was like, wow, it sounds fantastic. And I forgot how much that the singer, uh, from death angel and this new stuff sounds like Sam Kinison. It was fantastic. <laughs> so just imagine Sam Kinison singing metal music, right? Sure. sure. Fed, fantastic. Um, if you were watching something, uh, I know that last time we spoke, you were you were probably you had just finished watching like Dahmer or whatever, right? Uh, yeah, I got an. I'm updated. Let's go. What you got yeah. for me? Yeah. What are you What are you watching now, though? Is my question. Here, here's what's bringing me to TV. Uh, again, yeah. I don't watch a lot. I, my saying, brain yeah. just won't work that way. Yeah. yeah. I even like I'm not a big video game guy either. Too like I can only sit. I've spent a lot of money for my entertainment center based off my eyesight and wants and needs. Mm -hmm. But it, to be real, like like when I'm sitting down in front of my TV, like I only do it for a little bit for my brain. It's like, you got to get up and go outside. Let's go take out the dogs. Let's go do something. I can only do it for a bit. But so what draws me to TV right now is uh, True Detective season four. Oh, so good. We, it is so good. We're on episode five. Uh, I mean, that series, if you, if there's anybody who has not watched season one of True Detective, oh, it's a masterpiece. It was an absolute, on, yeah, eight hours of your time, eight hours of like some of the best cinema in television history. Yeah, yep, I agree 100. percent You ever have those, you ever have those moments because this happens in my house where I'll come home. And it seems like more often than not, if my mom, if my, if my, wow, that was a fucking Freudian slip. If my wife is watching TV, uh, mm -hmm. it's typically usually one of these like murder mystery type shows, uh, true crime. Somebody's being killed. It's almost to the point where I think that like, she's trying to take tips from all of them to see like what not to do. It's homework. <laughs> that's, that's what she's doing. Tape study. She said, it's yeah, like us yeah, watching yeah. matches. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, you might be onto something there. You might want to come up with a plan B. So, just, so just remember, just remember, if all of a sudden this doesn't make it to air, now you know why. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, 
I want to get back to wrestling before we wrap this whole thing up because we've got a few minutes left here. Sure. You've done a lot of factions inside of TNA. Like you've been a part of a lot of factions, a lot of in there. And now you're finally getting a chance to break out and do some single stuff. Um, yeah, I know. I know that the character was never really a faction type character, but obviously, you said earlier with your desire to work with Abyss and and develop and grow, you've done all of that stuff. Was there is there a outside of that? Because we know your reasons for that. It was kind of like you know you got your one of your best friends, and Rosemary. You've got Abyss, yeah. something like that. But outside of that, has there been a favorite group or faction that you've worked with so far? it's got to be decay like the original yeah. incarnation of decay it's got to be the original decay, one yes yeah and yeah. that has nothing to that has no like i'm not disparaging any of the other factions either it doesn't right. we've all get bumped it just speaks to the time like you just can't you don't repeat things that happen like decay blew up not and it didn't blow up it blew up but not for the reasons of like they were shoving it down people's throats we were right. put with the hardies because it mm -hmm. naturally fit like the hardies were all in 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 the landscape of tna if you look at it as its own world the hardies take up a, a big portion of that world whereas decay grew from tna and became on on the same ground as the hardies we were the number two if not the number one selling t-shirt in that company and we always would fluctuate with the hardies and then you come the great war bound for glory it's our wrestlemania of of tna and we are paired together in this climactic match that has had story and and all this not just story but just stuff that you had never seen before this is before the pandemic this is before uh cinematic wrestling was uh, popularized right and um we weren't the first to break that ground by any stretch of the imagination, but we definitely made the most of our minutes. And, yeah. and, and things were moving so fast. And I, it, it, this is not, I mean, I'm, at the time, TNA was known for not paying their talent on time. That was one of the bad things that was going on. But to, Abyss to a crazy not no, but he'd be a different story. But to definitely new people like myself and Rosemary at the time, we were still getting our money. It may not have been on time, but we were getting it. But it did not matter to us. We were never focused on that. We were so focused on like how awesome it is that they're letting us do our thing. It's not like like we were the ones who were pitching these ideas here's where we think we need to go. They were entrusting in us to come up with the look, to come up with the theme music, to come up with um, like all of these things. They were putting it in our hands. They weren't telling us what to do. They were giving us the ball because they saw that it worked and it was happening on a natural basis. Like it was just organically, we were brought together with the Hardys. It, they weren't trying to shove us down our throat. And, and so all that happened at such a, a fast pace. It was like on a roller coaster that just kept going up. And I I know this so much because I've talked about it with Rosemary several times at, while it was happening. Like it was so exciting that you can't really to try and chase that dragon now would right. be impossible because it's just something that happened. It's just a it's a moment in time that happened, and yeah. I was fortunate enough to like at least recognize it for what it was. 
but like that's why I put it at in its place. Not because it was like it it doesn't mean it was better than any other time, but it just makes it more special because you can't repeat that time. With what I had with uh with Black Taurus and and Rosemary and Havoc is equally as special and it, it, it holds its special place in my heart for sure and it has all the same stories with different colors. But like if you you just can't repeat certain things. Right. And that's kind of you know what I mean? And so and that's what it was. And I was did fortunate it, enough did to it, did it feel like did it feel like that that you were just trying that they were just trying to repeat something with Black Taurus and that? No, no, it didn't. But it also was different for me because it was completely out of my hands. It was not okay. like, hey, we, they just told me they're bringing Decay back. If right. it was up to me and Rosemary, it never would have happened when it happened. We would have teased it far much longer. Uh, we would have done, there would have been far more thought put into how we, how we went about it. We okay. were given opportunities in Wrestle House where we interacted and mm -hmm. it was consciously my decision to be like, hey, because at the time of Wrestle House season one, I was still the clown. I was doing clown stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, it was in between. And then I said, like, whenever me and Rosemary have an interaction, it's going to be a complete switch of wardrobe and face paint and, like, the demeanor, everything. You will know that there's a difference there. It was Decay Crazy Steve. It was Decay Crazy, not Clown Crazy. Right. Um, and they're two different, in my brain, two very different entities as, yep. as well as the one that we're having currently it's a different yep. entity than you know so um and fans picked up on that as well but like yeah it was just a different dynamic altogether because i'm dealing with somebody who doesn't speak the language i don't know if he knows about decay or what the work that we put in or how over it was or how uh you know i don't know if he even cares and and i come to find out after you know being with him for three years that he knew everything he he did his homework he was excited he was happy he was he thought it was cool to be a part of this faction um and he cared about it and it showed in his work but it also came across in the conversations that we did have despite the fact that he didn't speak english and like yeah it was it i mean again and then jessica as well she's well, I mean, like, how do you not say, like, there's no bad words you can say about Jessica Havoc. Yeah. She's awesome. She's such a sweetheart. And, like, she's so excited to be a part of Decay, and she's so happy to be, she knows, she's watched, she's a fan, like, yeah, like, her allegiance or loyalty, you don't have to question it. She's yep. all in. She's ready yeah. to go. So, like, Again, it doesn't, I'm not speaking negative on any of the ones, but like, if you ask me the question, like, yes, like 2016, it's yeah, just, it's, I mean, and I think the audience would understand that too. Like, it was a special time. Yeah, 100%. Now you've got a chance. You've got a chance. You got the, the singles run is happening now. They put a belt on you, right? They've yeah. given Tommy Dreamer a, a bit of a, a bit of a break. Uh, God knows yeah. he's going to have a lot of other things to go on now. Um, yeah. Who do you, like before, you know, in a, let's say in a perfect world, everybody stays exactly where they are with the company, right? In a perfect world, who do you want to work with uh, in the in the very near future to for that title? It's changed. I had someone, okay. and, mm -hmm. and it's changed, and I can't tell you who that is. I, I never air. asked. I'm not. A, yep. Here's yep. one thing I you have to remember, know. Steve. I'm not yep. a fucking journalist, so I don't yep. care. <laughs> yes. I, I, I had an answer for that as soon as yep. I as soon as they I knew the opportunity was coming away I had uh, I had that person 
Okay. You know me, and I, I'm, I'm playing. Yeah. And then it changed. The landscape has changed, and now I can't use that person. So now I'm, I am looking for the next person. Okay. Um, yeah, and I don't know. There's a couple. There's a couple people on my radar. Like uh, there's a bunch of. Dude, that roster is so deep in the sense of like who I'd like to work with, who I haven't got a chance to work with because I'm in this opportunity now, like you said, in a singles run. Uh, the, Jake something. Give me Jake right. something. Nice. Like, I know what his finish is. If there's anybody who knows how to counter that finish, it's me. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. You know, like uh, just based off of my tag partner alone. I think, like, the, I think the dynamic uh, of the two of you guys working would be very good too. Uh, yeah. The styles, the, the the styles would bring out the best of one another. There's no doubt about it. Uh, a thousand percent. Um, I would love to work with a Jake something. I've said multiple occasions, give me a Rich Swan. Please give me uh, a Rich Swan. Just for the I dance off. Come on. <laughs> just our characters alone. Give me Rich Swan. Uh, yeah. Chris Bay is another one I would like. A, I, I know he's a tag Titan specialist currently, mm -hmm. but give me him in a singles. I would love to work with a Chris Bay. Um, and the, uh, the the reality of our locker room is you never know who's going to come in. Right. I don't know. Like, honestly, let's look at the landscape. We've got Nick Nemeth, who's just showed up. Uh, Mustafa Ali is on our next run of loops. Like, oh, you just never know. It's such a hotbed for talent right now who who want to be a part of the, the TNA rebrand and this movement that's happening that you just never know. So, like, the landscape is really open, you know. I would love to get another crack at Steve Macklin in where I'm at now. Cause where I was when, when I first met him versus where I am now is completely different thing altogether. Um, I mean, I could list off a bunch of people. I, sure. I could be here forever. Sure. Yeah, honestly, but yeah, right off the top of my head. Those, well, are, the, those are my, those are my, well, I noticed somebody you didn't say was Eric young, but that's obviously just cause you don't want to get beat up he, by the old man anymore. Hang on now, Eric, before you go, Eric young has a title. <laughs> Himself, which is the uh, he's the world class maniac. <laughs> well, we've known no, that for how right long? I'm, I'm putting it out in the universe, though. Okay, like, like, let's be real. Eric Young is my sensei, but he, yes. I have more. Uh, hopefully, if we just hopefully natural disasters taken out of the equation, I've got more years in my career than he does. And I, he's he's got that sure. world class yeah. maniac title. Yeah, I'm no, he, he he sat he sat in an inflatable donut and uh, fished for sharks in the middle of the fucking ocean. Okay, well, I don't know if I can do that, but I want to. <laughs> I will. I want to beat him for that. At least that title. Yeah, I want to take that title from him. There's so you know? many. There's so many uh, opportunities. I think so many more uh, for a guy who's been in the company for as long as you have. Like, is there anybody? Is there currently anybody? Because I'm sure you've thought about it. Because you're a nerd. Um, is there anybody currently in that locker room that's been there longer than you? Eddie Edwards, because he was hired okay. a couple weeks before I was. Wow. I remember that. We're like, we're one of the main groups to the point where like Eddie will still text me thinking that I never left the company, but I did leave the company in 2017 to 2020. Mm -hmm. I was gone from the company. Um, so like, but he, he was like, Hey, remember that time in Mexico city? I was like, bro, I wasn't there. He's like, Oh yeah. I just, there's never a time where I don't remember you being there. <laughs> yes, Eddie Edwards is the one. Um, Rosemary's never left. I was there before Rosemary, but yeah. uh, she was there in my absence. So she still has chapters missing. She can fill in the chapters that I don't have. It's amazing. 
amazing, yeah. dude. Those I'm are the only two. I am super, super happy and excited for you, brother. Uh, I love seeing this evolution of you happen before everybody's eyes. Um, it's something that I've talked about for a long time. So more people need to get on that crazy Steve bandwagon for sure. Um, yeah, hey, I'm all for it. I don't, I can't <laughs> see where I'm going, but if you want to follow me, please do. Yeah. Just don't get them to drive. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a, it's a horrible <laughs> idea. A horrible idea. I still think the whole thing's a work. Uh, he's just trying to play that, uh, trying to play that ever li- the the long con on the baby face card. I don't know about that. <laughs> hey man, every zoo is a petting zoo if you're not a pussy. So, well, that um, is true. That is yeah. true. It's <laughs> not a day. You want to get in with you want to get in with the lions? Come on in, pet them. So, Steve, obviously, yeah. where can people uh, check you out? Uh, I've got it down there if they want to. If they want to see you on uh, Twitter, it is the Steve of Crazy, right? Yes, if uh, they want to get a hold of you and book you in South Dakota, for example, maybe, you know, because it's not yeah. nearly as far as North Dakota, maybe, uh, yeah, they can send correct. it to bookcrazysteve at gmail.com. Always remember yeah. that that's crazy with two Zs. We don't want to confuse him with some character from a Nickelodeon kids show. Apparently. I was crazy Steve before he was. Okay, all right. Wait, listen, bro. We don't. I'm not I, judging. Hey, it's been brought oh, up on past podcasts. Holy crap! These prima donnas. You give this guy a belt, and all of a sudden, hey, look no, at I'm him. Just saying. History has shown me. Go ahead. Yes, you brought it up, not me, man. Yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> Steve, you are the absolute best. Uh, you are the best. I love you to death and I wish you nothing but the best of luck and success. And we're going to do this again. Uh, I mean, you can't get out of it. We're always going to continue to do these things because the story is always evolving. The story is always changing just like the character, right? So we got to get caught up. If there's passion from your listeners, you want to hear it again and want to hear the next chapter, I'm happy to tell it. So yes, anytime, my friend. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Law Live Audio Wrestling. I am Chris Tidwell. That is Crazy Steve with two Zs. Don't get it twisted.